All right. Well, Claire Tricky. Hello. Right on. Yeah. Crazy last name. Right? I like it. Yeah. It's very cool. Welcome uh, to uh, our podcast, Going Again. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi. He didn't even let me have an opportunity to make a joke. Oh, make one. Go. Bada bing, go. How do you spell your last name? T-R-I-C-K-E-Y. Oh, that's pretty tricky. Hey. Yeah. So, yeah. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't trick a tricky either, right? Did you know that if, yeah. you, if you're not a father and you tell a dad joke, it's a faux pas? Oh. <laughs> Someone out there's like, I know that joke. Yeah, I've I know heard that, that one. I, just that one. <laughs> I read it yesterday. <laughs> so, so, Claire. Go ahead. No, dive in. Well, uh, first, why don't we list okay. the things that you do? Okay. Number one, I'm a farrier meaning I horse, the horses I do trim and shoe their feet. Secondly, I'm a taxidermist. I think everybody might know what that is, but basically I mount dead animals to recreate them to look alive. Um, I do a lot of other little things like mm. I hunt, <clears throat> love archery hunting. Uh, I have a Weimariner dog who I train for hunting and testing, which is a lot of fun too. Who happens to be just left of you. Yes, Abby. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you might see her Hi, in Abby. frame here and there. There yeah, she is. There she Uh-oh. is. Hello. <coughs> yeah, she's 15 months old. She's beautiful. Yeah, she's she a is. good girl. She's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about Farrier, the life of a Farrier. Well, I travel a lot. Um, I have <coughs> quite a few clients here and there and everywhere. I do anything from llamas, donkeys, miniature horses, big horses. I have A. Clydesdale left that I do name Molly. Uh, I've been doing that for almost 15 years now. Okay, so just a second. Yeah. Llamas? Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, and you don't, you don't have to call me Sir Claire. <laughs> Mr. Butcher's fine. Mr. Butcher. Yes, I do from time to time trim a llama or two. Really? So what is it? Yeah. Like their hooves? Yeah. It's very precarious, though. It's like this. They have a toe with a nail that kind of comes down on it. So it kind of grows in a bit of a V. So if it starts growing too long, it'll actually start growing underneath and puncturing into the pad of the foot. Oh, yeah. Well, what what the fuck does a wild llama do? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> what do what do real llamas do? Well, they're running on rocks and stuff a lot, right? So they're so wearing they're, them down. Yeah, yeah. So you have a, a domestic llama. Yeah. And that domestic llama just lazes about, you know, drinking Walking coffee with dirt. Baileys. Sure, yeah. <laughs> sip, sip, <clears throat> yum, yum. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and, but, and so it grows and you have to trim yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And what was the other animal? Like there's a llama... There's llamas and alpacas. Oh, similar animal, right? Yeah. Alpacas are just a little bit smaller. Oh, that's they, the that's the difference. Yeah, that those okay. are the goofy ones with the really tall neck and the big yeah, head. Yeah, that spit they, at you they, when they're mad. Really? Oh yeah. You been spit at? Mm, borderline. Yeah. They yeah. Don't, they don't get mad at you too often. They get mad, all right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. They don't like having their feet done. So, why why yeah. do people have these domesticated? Uh, are, well, they, are they domestic? Is that what you, is that the word for it? Yeah, like yeah. On your farm or whatever. They yeah, are? yeah. I've been in California and you see them on every. every it's amazing street. in the mountains. Yeah, you can see mm-hmm. them in every yard. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of people harvest the fleece, so they shear them and they make fibers from that and make clothing. Oh, llama, llama shirts. Yeah, like like wool of a sheep, <laughs> wool of a llama, or wool of an alpaca. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I kind of get that, but. Yeah. Wouldn't it take more than just one to make a shirt? Hmm. <laughs> like I don't That's know. A great question. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not sure. Somebody, somebody somewhere uh, in California has a llama, 
or an alpaca on their lawn and they're shearing it to make shirts? Sure. <laughs> what in California? Is there anything else? <laughs> Where it's like clearly so cold you need sweaters. <laughs> yeah, oh yes. Yes. Did For that did December you see how weather. She put her name in there? Clearly. Oh, clearly. clearly. Oh, oh I missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop. Okay, okay so, so as a farrier though, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've I've watched farriers work, and I it's fascinating. They're, you know, you're very good at it. Um, you know, with the hoof thing and the file and the nailing on of shoes, yeah. and that's all I ever thought they did. Yeah. But okay, I'm sorry. This alpaca foot. thing has got me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a few friends that have a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and you know, they oftentimes can't do it themselves because you need. Like I have one friend who we have three people to do it because she kicks. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So I have to get like I have to tap her back leg with a rope, and she'll kick and she'll kick and she'll kick and then eventually she'll lay down and then we have to sit on top of her. And this is what kind of animal? This is an alpaca. Wow. Yeah. So you have a team. Oh yeah. In a way, I can't wrangle that big giant hairy thing on well, my own. Oh, now when you, you okay, so, oh my gosh, yeah. so you said that an alpaca mm-hmm. is smaller than yeah. a llama. Oh yeah. But you just <laughs> said that big hairy animal. How big is this alpaca? She probably stands that tall at the shoulder. Like, really? Yeah. That's and then llamas, you know. Are bigger. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. What's the weirdest animal you ever did? Um, right now, for me, it's the alpaca or the llama. Yeah, that's probably the most unusual. <clears throat> I trimmed a few pigs as well, like pot-bellied pigs. Okay. That okay. was definitely because not an agreeable pets. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They're now, not... <laughs> you, you mentioned uh, Clydesdale, mm-hmm. which is a massive horse. Yes. Now, I just saw a picture the other day, what they claim to be the largest horse in the world. He stands over seven feet tall and weighs 2,600 pounds. Wow. That's a big animal. No kidding. So how, like I've seen, <clears throat> like I said before, I've seen farriers take the horse's foot and they have this special apron on and whatever. And yeah. up goes the foot between their legs and their <laughs> filing and clipping how the hell do you do a Clydesdale well hopefully they allow you to pick their feet up first <clears> of all <throat> um they're heavy they're really heavy but a lot of guys use stocks like so it's something you'd walk the horse into and then you kind of chain the foot up so you're not uh, actually physically holding it up oh okay, okay. yeah oh, have, have you ever thought of that have you ever felt like you're in a little trouble yes okay i can't lie about that let's go there like bad precarious situations of horse yeah, injury. just yeah. Uh, the worst, the scariest for me, I had, I was shooing a really, really large warm blood horse, and he pushed down on my leg. Right away, there's another question. Go yeah, ahead. He, yeah, like they're just really, really, really big. They're like the size of a draft, but not super heavy. What was what? What does warm blood mean? Big jumping horses. Okay. Yeah. So like the stuff you'd see at Spruce Meadows <clears throat> or something like that. They're jumping. Okay. You know? Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So. He pushed down on my farrier chaps and the shoe wasn't quite like I hadn't clinched it enough. So the back part of the shoe actually went in between the two pieces of material and my chaps and got stuck and he started freaking out and I was underneath of him. Oh, and so like I literally ripped my chaps off because they're all snaps. You can just pull them off. Okay. And that's that's by design, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So somebody saw this coming when they were making their chaps. For you. Well, Maybe, it, yeah. Obviously, it's happened before, yeah, so they've yeah. designed chaps to do exactly yeah, that. Just take, Jesus. Oh, yeah. And I stood there for a minute. I'm like, oh, my God, that could have been seriously bad. But I've had horses kick me. I've had horses fall on me. 
bitten. I had a horse rear up and strike me right in the face here. Jesus. I thought I was going to, like, my eye, my vision was so blurry for forever. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really, really scary. I shot a TV series at, uh, well, one episode at um, a racetrack just outside of Toronto. And we went on a, um, a tour of their hospital, which was absolutely incredible. I never thought about a horse as having a hospital. Yeah, <laughs> true. But it's amazing. Um, but they have these special beds that the horse leans against and they turn it over. And okay, they yeah. It. Just really cool stuff. But in most of the stalls where they might work on a horse, there's an escape ladder, which I've never ever thought about before. So on the on the wall of each of the stalls is a ladder that starts maybe five feet high. That's where the bottom rung would be. For anyone who's in that stall, when the horse freaks, can get out. Wow. Up the ladder they go to the to the rafter part up above. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Excuse every me. one of them, every stall. And and i I asked us, what's with the ladder? <laughs> and I never thought that there's gonna be this horse that freaks out. Yeah. And the human being working on it's in trouble. Yeah, you get pinned. And then what do you do? Yeah, that's like you got a crazy at least thousand pound animal pinning you against it's happened to me. I've fallen yeah. under a warm one warm blood thousand pound animal and I can't get up. Yeah. <laughs> now is Oops. there is do you, is this kind of thing uh fam- more familiar with other types of animals because of other parts of the world? I'm not or really not? I don't really know. No. You know. I mean I have friends that go overseas and stuff, right? And they go and ride horses on the beach and, you know, it's not like... That sounds like a Hallmark movie. For sure. But it's not like it is here. You know, like we've bubble wrapped our animals and people go crazy if there's a crack in a hoof or their horse is a little lean or something. And over there, you can count every rib and they're just running them on the beach. They don't have shoes. They don't have a trim regularly. They're just, you know, off you go. And yeah. Yeah. So I imagine the same thing with the alpaca and the llama dude mm-hmm. um if a, a horse in the wild like in running through arizona yeah they're wearing their hooves down oh, naturally sure. yeah okay yeah it's 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 non-comparable really i mean the horses that travel out in the wild are doing let's say 10 miles 15 miles of walking a day that's all they do is walk and then you you know drive past a horse farm and all the horses are just you know, swishing their tails, standing well, there, relaxing. True. And, you know, they're in a stall at night, so they're not, you know, these horses in the wild are moving because they're being followed by packs of wolves or bears or mm. other predators. They're, they're in a defense mode. They're a prey animal. Right. You know, hmm. we've taken that away. I mean, horses are still wild and will freak out at a garbage bag, you know, flowing in the wind. But we've definitely removed a lot of, you know, structural defect from feet by breeding horses domestically. For sure. Like thoroughbreds have the worst feet I've ever seen. Like they just break. They're they're really thin walls. So like when their foot grows, it doesn't really grow up. It grows out and flares. Okay. Mm. Because of the weight of the horse, the foot just breaks off. Now this is breeding. Wow. Mm, Maybe breeding, maybe breed of horse specifically. Okay. You know, um, like these horses are probably done every three to four weeks when they're racing. Wow. So they don't have a lot of foot to grow in the first place. Um, and then I've got some off the track thoroughbreds that I'm shoeing that, you know, I have to do their feet every four weeks with a shoe on because if the foot grows, the, the shoe will just fall right off. Sure. But doesn't have enough. It grows the hold. shoe. And what happens? Yeah. What happens if, if, if this horse doesn't get its shoe or 
Does it feel it in a way that is particularly painful? Sometimes, yeah. Some horses can't walk without a shoe on. Really? Yeah, yeah. They just have such sensitive feet. Now, when oh. you say feet, I'm, <clears throat> the the hoof itself yeah. is the <clears throat> foot, correct? Yes. Now, is the is a hoof? Is it like a fingernail? Like, is that what is it made out of? It's made out of keratin, like your fingernails. Yeah, but it's in layers. So anything you can see or touch is considered to be a dead structure. So there's no blood flowing within that. Okay. And underneath the dead is a live structure. So if I'm paring the sole or the bottom of the foot out, if it's dry and flaky, I know that it's dead sole. So I'll never find blood if I'm using my hoof knife there. Right. And what you're doing when you say pairing, you're taking... Extra. <clears throat> Just paring extra foot off. Like uh, taking your extra... It's different because it's like the hoof wall is like your fingernail, whereas the sole... Um, it's like a pedicure... Kind of. Some degree, scraping a heel but or something. There's a yeah. center. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of, maybe. <laughs> there's a center to a hoof, right? Yeah. And it's like a, a concave and you have to dig that up. That's the sole of the foot, yes. Okay. So that's what I'm paring out is the sole or the bottom of the foot. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, there's usually a rim of, um, of the wall. So I've exposed extra wall. So then I take my big pair of nippers and then I cut all the excess wall and then I take a rasp and I level everything out. And that's just, that's the trim and, you know, clean up the frog and whatever. Sometimes there's these little things that stick off the back of the frog. You got to cut just them Just a off. second. Yeah. You're what? You're the, what the, what's what, with the what, frog? What's a, what's the frog? A frog. There's a lot of people listening to this that just went, <laughs> why is there, is there a, a frog, frog in the horse's no, no. foot? <laughs> okay. So when you look at a horse's foot or a hoof on the bottom, there's a V structure. Yeah. That is what the frog is. Okay. I'm so. picturing that uh, overseas or in Abu Dhabi, they do this with camels or something. They must, right? <laughs> well, camels don't have a, do they have a similar foot? They have a cloven hoof. So they have two, like a double toe. Yeah. They have the same kind of foot as an alpaca or a llama, just supersized. Have you ever done a camel? Okay. Uh, no, that would be cool, though. Yeah. Okay, shout yeah. out to anybody that's got a camel. Claire's ready. Woo. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be it. a camel in town somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> African lion safari. It's yeah, not they, that far. They have camels. There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Could you imagine? Crazy. You guys are you guys are coming and helping. And they spit, too, though. I'm in. You volunteer. I'll totally so. I'll, I'll bring totally. a camera and take pictures. <laughs> I'll be the one that gets kicked in the face. <laughs> oh, no, no. You're not handling the foot, though. <laughs> I'm going to die. Well, that's, that's really fascinating. So... It is. Um, I guess t today you buy horseshoes, right? Like you can make them yourself too. Do you make them? No. Okay. No. So you, but you can go and buy them. Do you, mm -hmm. and you have to size them to the horse's foot. That's right. Just like human shoes. Yeah. So you get these custom, <clears throat> sort of made. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just call too up. Too cool. Fairy Sorry. supply. I need this, 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 and this. Thank you. We've we've always said that. Uh, a podcast isn't an interview. It's more just of a conversation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm telling you, this is an interview because I'm so interested. <laughs> I want to know. I don't know any of these answers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and we're going to get into so much more. Yeah, we're going to get into more. Oh, yeah. Super this excited. Is just, this is just the beginning. No, this is... Uh, <laughs> no, but it's fascinating. I, I've never, ever thought that those alpacas... Which I think is the goofiest looking animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do they do that on purpose? Do they shave their necks and then leave their heads bushy? Yeah. Why? People do that because they want a goofy looking animal on their front lawn. No, I don't think it's required that they actually shear the head and it keeps the flies off of them too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the legs, like they okay. don't have to, sh like they should trim everything, but it's more the, the actual body because they get so like their hair could be that thick when they, when they shave them every year. Okay. So when you say hair. Or sorry, their fleece, my bad. Okay. So, no, that's my question. Yeah. So 
their fleece is mm-hmm. like a, a sheep. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Well. Yeah. It's really warm. Really warm. But is there, okay, so is that is that the the uh, convincing uh, reason to get a llama over a sheep? Perhaps. I mean, why, why would you have a llama over a sheep? Well, sheeps are short and well, look normal. <laughs> this, that's actually, it's interesting because I cannot have any contact with wool or lanolin of any kind. Like wool fat makes me itchy. Okay. But I can touch a llama or an alpaca. So oh. If, yeah, some people do have sensitivities to like the fat. Because if you touch, like I've trimmed sheep before. And like my arms will touch their their body. And afterwards, like you can you can feel the greasiness from from their fleece. Alpacas and and llamas don't seem to have that that oily substance on their okay. on their fleece. I'm not coat. touching sheep. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Now I want a wool shirt by alpaca. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing this? Almost 15 years. Okay. Yeah. And how long? So how long have you been hunting? Since 2009, I've had my license. Okay. Yeah. Great. So Good. you were a carer of animals, yes, of sorts, and Can't then you it. moved into the hunting world. Yeah. And yeah. W- so, what? What? How did that transformation work? Well, it's unusual because I was anti everything. I was anti hunting. I was anti okay. taxidermy. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it was the most horrible thing I'd ever seen in my life. Like, how could you kill an animal? Yeah. Shame on you. Yeah. Totally. You know? Yeah. But yeah. And you know what? I didn't really have the education I needed regarding that that topic until I moved out to the country and I started having issues with varmints. So raccoons carry nematodes and all sorts of other disgusting things in their feces, right? Just a second. Horses have frogs and raccoons have toads. Nematode. Nematode. It's a parasite. Um, your brain. Not good. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I'm trying to joke. <laughs> no, it's All good. Right. Toads and frogs. Name it, name and we it. love reptiles and name amphibians. Name a toad. I don't so know any toads. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had these big blue barrels and I put, put the horse feed in them. And unfortunately, like the barn is pretty old. So there was a hole in the side of the barn. So the, the cats could come in and out as they please. But also raccoons could come in and out. So, you know, I'd go in the barn in the morning hmm. and all my feed tubs would be knocked over. And the raccoons would go in there and do their business. And I could not utilize the horse feed at all now because I was scared that I could contaminate or make my horses sick from the raccoon defecating in the feed bucket. Yeah. In the feed mm. barrel, right? So I kept having to call the neighbor over. I'm sorry. There's another raccoon. Can you please come? And my dog started having issues. My dog that has now, well, she passed away a few years ago now, but she kept getting attacked by coyotes. Okay. Like ripped apart. It was horrible. Oh my so, god. You know, I didn't. I didn't get my hunting license and my firearms license with with, you know, the the thought of going out and hunting deer and stuff. I got it because I wanted to protect myself. Sure. From and your animals. Yeah, big time. So it kind of snowballed from I got my uh, I got my license and I started hunting turkeys with my friend Paul, and it snowballed from that to bear and moose hunting. And in two thousand and eleven. Uh, I started doing taxidermy and I met Richard Riom, who's like the best guy in the entire world. Shout out to Richard. Hi, Richard. So Rich. Richard. <laughs> um, so he started teaching me taxidermy. And in that year in November, he says, babe, I got to take you deer hunting. I'm like, no, I don't want to go. Like, I'm really scared to shoot a bow. I don't want to shoot a bow. That's really scary. 
no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So we went over at his brother Bert's and he gave me this little crossbow. I think it was like an Excalibur Vixen. It's like 150 pounds of resistance of pullback. It's, it's the easiest bow to shoot, right? So I go and I sight this bow in and he takes me to his favorite spot. And that night I shot a deer. Oh, wow. The very first time. Oh, it wow. came out and I couldn't believe it. I was like, are you serious right now? I couldn't move. I was like, what do I do? I've never shot a deer before. Get the crossbow up and think jumps, runs away. I saw the, the arrow sticking out of it. And, uh, and I you... know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent. No, 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 no it's no, good. No, no, we're uh, going back. <laughs> so we got time. I call Richard. He says, what's up? I said, I just shot a deer and it had horns. Oh, he says, awesome. I'll be right there. So he comes with the ATV and we go look for the steer and there was no blood trail. We couldn't find this thing. We walked, we looked for it two hours. We couldn't find it. And he says, come back in the morning. We'll look in the morning. I said, okay, go home. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I just shoot a deer for the first time. And this is the experience that I have. Horrible. Like I couldn't sleep. I oh. went on the internet. I went and looked at anatomy pictures to make sure that I'd actually shot the deer in the place I thought I had. So it was just, it was just bad. So the next morning I go out and he comes down from his tree stand like 830, comes up to the road, meets me, we go back. And I go up in the tree stand and he says, where was the last place you saw the deer? So I yell at him, was way over here. He says, grab the toilet paper. I said, why do you need toilet paper? <laughs> you know? So get down from the tree, hand him the to toilet paper. He says, this is what we're going to make our breadcrumb trail with. So you put oh. little pieces of toilet paper. <clears throat> we still okay. do it now because it shines like super bright in the tree, but it, you just lose little pieces and it's biodegradable, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So he, we start looking and I'm looking. And I said, oh, my God, it's right there. We had walked by it 10 times that night. He's like, oh, my God. And he's, you know, six foot. Wow. Covered in tats, big old beard, scary looking fella, you know, picks me right up off the ground. And it was just the greatest moment. Like, I'll never forget that in my entire life. It was just Aww. 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Till the day I die, that's like probably one of the best moments of my whole life. Wicked. Good for you. Yeah. It was really good. It was really good. And, you know, there, you know, seeing that deer there, knowing that I had that was me. That's, that's my, that's my fault. That deer is dead. I, yeah. I put my hand on it and I was like, this is pretty serious. This is not something to take lightly. Right. It was I different. bet it's a game changer in the way it you is. feel about something. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like shooting a turkey, you know, eh, shooting a raccoon, whatever, but shooting an animal like that, mm -hmm. a majestic beast yeah. that's lived its life in the wild. And I took its life. You know. What do you say uh, to people who do think, well, a raccoon has a life. It is a, you know, it it's not as majestic and beautiful as that bear no. or as that deer. But no, you know how how there are people that well, there is that argument. You know, <clears throat> yeah, no, there there is, and we'll get to that. But uh, because you know, Facebook at one point has just been covered with pictures of people taking trophies, Africa. Somebody yeah. shot a, a a giraffe and he's or a, a gorgeous elephant, um, <clears throat> and then people get upset. Oh, for sure. That yeah, said, that's... that said, I mean, there's an argument for both sides, mm -hmm. and, and I understand that, and that's great. Um, but if you see a documentary of people going out and shooting boa constrictors or an anaconda, yeah, they don't care if it's cute. And it's cuddly, and you once maybe had a stuffed elephant. It, don't shoot the elephant. No. Yeah. But, but people... Well, people aren't... They're also not familiar with this uh, world over there, <clears throat> and they make up things. I feel like people just make things up in their mind. 
anti and are convinced by their community and yeah for sure and all this they don't really have a like a free mode of thinking when no. they, when it comes to any of this or willing some people might jump right down your throat and say there's no you don't have to explain anything nope don't want to hear it you know no, Claire, Claire without revealing where you live yeah what area of Ontario do you live southwestern Ontario copy yeah so my nephew uh, bought a s- small hobby farm, fifty acres, <clears throat> and he uh, he also discovered very quickly uh, the varmints that yeah. invade their horses and their chickens, and they have a few cows. So he uh, he's constantly going out, and, uh, it's blasting bad. heads off. To use the term yeah. a friend of ours used, uh, sanitize the uh, yeah yeah yeah. The yeah. raccoons. And he's mentioned something about um, possums. Yes. And the possum has uh, the possum pee or something? Or? Yes. It's called EPM. EPM. What's that? Uh, What's EPM? What it does is it affects the neurological system of the horse. Right. So I this is kind of a bad story, but... Just just so people are aware, you know, please, there's there's always reasons we don't go around killing things because we're psychopaths and we enjoy doing that. And oh, look what I did. Yeah, no, I there's always a reason. Well, that's but that's why we have you here. Yeah. So uh, I remember (laughs) two two stories in particular when I was I would say it was a mid mid age teenager, like maybe 15, 16. I didn't have my driver's license yet. I was taking lessons, horseback riding lessons in uh, Mount Bridges. And there was a horse there that that got EPM and it attacked his spinal cord. So if you looked at the front end of the horse, he looked completely normal, but then from the withers or the shoulders back, it was just complete and utter deterioration, slow, painful. And then like the horse until he lost complete, like they just lose control. And and then, then you have to euthanize them. So, you know, just from eating hay contaminated with, with pee. And the other story that, the, the really disturbing one to me was a woman had two horses that had contracted EPM and their brain had been affected. So she had an arena and they took both of the horses in the arena. And this was before people, you know, went and called the vet. You know, they were still using the 10 cent rule, the firearms to euthanize. Yeah. So they brought these two horses <clears throat> into a barn and they were together. She said they can't be euthanized separately. So someone shot one of the horses and one horse was obviously gone and the other one didn't even react to the shot. That's how far gone neurologically these animals were. Yeah. Scary. And that's all just from possum pee. I had never thought about it. You know, when you go into the, their, their driveway and there's a little uh, drive shed off to the side. Well, it's not a drive shed. It's more of the horses. Right. Uh, You would go out and you'd find um, families of possums. Living in the hay, they make their little nests or whatever. Oh wow! They love it. It's like yeah. the Ritz. I never thought, but I had never thought to that time. But so he's out all the time with his rifle. Yeah, he has to. It's and part the, of and country coyote, life now. In the coyotes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is part of country life because we've, you know, we're we're taking away from the from wildlife. We're taking away from the animals. We're sure. You know, we're building our homes in their domain and. That's part of the price we have to pay. Well, where my nephew mm. lives, um, the town that's adjacent to where he is, within reason, um, they're developing. Okay. Going down the highway, just tons and tons of new homes and, and condos. And we never think, we, he never thought, that as they build these, all the coyotes, 
the possums, the raccoons, and the rats, well, apparently lots of rats, have migrated to their farm. Oh, fuck. Because the city, the town, is pushing them all out. And they're, yeah, all, they're yeah. all being pushed out that way. So the only place to go are the local farms along that other road. Yeah. yeah. And so he, he kills rats like, on a daily That's basis. That's terrible. And, and those are the worst things you can see on, at your farm. Yeah. Really. Why? What do you mean? They're, they just carry so much disease and right okay yeah like when you see rats that's what they that's what the old timers always used to say you know you'll see raccoons and possums and things like that but if you start seeing rats you've got a problem interesting just because yeah. they're the worst situation okay yeah yeah, yeah. and hmm. they'll I remember watching probably on YouTube or something like that you know um, there was farms in Australia that had such an issue with rodents that the rodents would actually go into the farms and like eat the ears and the noses off the baby pigs. Oh, look, and stuff. look who's up! Look who's up! Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So it's you know, and rats will attack anything. They're vicious. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They get really big when they eat lots of corn. Yuck! <laughs> wow. Ooh. Don't yeah. leave your corn out. No. <laughs> yeah. Get a big freezer with a lid on and a lock for your horse feed. Okay, so <laughs> um, you got your license. Yep. For the specific purpose, within reason, to go to address the varmint situation yep. where you live. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> because you need that license to carry that rifle on your own property that's to right. do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then you have a friend who introduces you to hunting. Hunting, yeah. Now, did you shoot the turkeys with a rifle? No, a shotgun. Oh, a, a shotgun, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not a very good turkey hunter, though. <laughs> I've, ne- I've, I've never hunted. I've never hunted turkey. Oh, it's... Uh, so I don't know. I've never that. hunted. Oh. Go to get your license. Yeah. I mean... Hey. <clears throat> the thing is, is I find it extremely fascinating. And um, I guess uh, having you here was was because uh, I am... We... I, I, I think I'm speaking for both of us when I say that we're pretty unfamiliar I'm, I may be more unfamiliar than you. Oh, no. I'm, I don't know. As far as hunting is, I'm completely unfamiliar. I don't hunt. When I was a kid, um, my buddies and I, we, there was a time when you could just get your FAC and get a twenty two, and I'd literally carry it over the river in, here in Cambridge and go, oh, yeah. Right on. And we would be shooting things in the forest. Uh, it's just... <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I'm old. And the thing, the thing <laughs> is, too, before, is... It was way before they had laws. Oh, I, uh, darn it. <clears throat> I, I was once, I like, you know, growing up, I sort of had that, that mind. I don't want to hurt an animal. Who, yeah. who hurts an animal? Um, and someone described to me uh, one day that, uh, you know, a deer has lived a, a beautiful life. And, it's, um, and when it gets hunted, it really just, it was, it was basically living a joyful nature life. And when it gets hunted, it, it, you know, it's, it, that's it. Yeah. Unlike a, a cow or a pig or a farm animal, or I don't know how anyone does it. I don't want to s- speak as if it's um, uh, wrong in in the way that anyone does anything. But um, clearly, at, it was at that point that I went, "Oh my God, hunting makes so much sense." Yeah. In comparison, um, especially if you utilize everything about yeah the deer. Yeah. Does that mean that you don't get your meat from the grocery store? Do you ever, do you, what do you do? We what is try your not thing? to. Okay. Yeah. The majority of the meat we consume is not purchased from, it's purchased from small farmers and I obviously a hunt. Like I, I wish I could get three deer tags a year, 
but I can only get two and we will eat two deer a year. Okay. Sure. So yeah. you, you wow. use it. You oh, harvest yeah. the meat. And- like even the kids <clears throat> are like, oh my God, there's no more hamburger left for venison burgers. Uh-huh. like oh my gosh these kids are awesome yeah they love venison oh heck yeah oh yeah like they didn't i don't i don't even know if i've had it ever i've had some interesting things i see one coming in your future yeah i'm in (laughs) i can foresee traeger yummy venison Mm, yeah i'm in yeah that sounds awesome Yum, yum yeah no it's really i don't know ever since i started eating wild game like i just i feel better um, yes. I definitely feel better. I actually had um, some chicken on the weekend and I got very sick again. So I am mm. I am not eating any more meat from the grocery store anymore. I, I can't do it anymore. It makes me it makes me sick. It really does. I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah. But, you know, th- yeah. you mentioned something about um, farm animals and things of that nature. Um, I had a conversation yesterday with my wife. <clears throat> and she mentioned something about um, cruelty. Right. And that's what hurts her most. Like if she sees a transport truck full of pigs going down the 401. Screaming down the highway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's an interesting argument because there's going to be somebody listening to this right now. Yeah, for sure. Who is so opposed to you shooting a deer with, a, with an arrow, although you harvest the venison and you feed your children with it, mm-hmm. um, which is an age old process, really. Uh, yeah, we're yeah. started. The most primitive. How do we have evol- like all. our evolution is all based on being a carnivore? Absolutely. Yeah. But what, what, but what they, what they fail to do. And I'm, I'm, I can't speak for everyone cause maybe there's somebody out here that does this, but when you go to the grocery store and you pick up, um, pork chops, in a, ba- in, a, in a tray with that cellophane around it mm-hmm. and use the price and the weight, do they ever consider that the pig that they're picking up was transported down the highway, packed with a bunch of other pigs in the heat without water, that's the cruelty part, and euthanized at, a, at a, an abattoir where they take them apart, cut their bodies up, put them on trays and then you put them in a frying pan. <clears throat> Do they ever consider that that animal that they're eating was also cruel, cruel, cruel uh, yeah. Lived a, lived a horrible oh, life compared to the deer free. you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Not cruel, not cruelty free. Yeah. yeah. Or look how your eggs are, are, are laid. And you ever been in a chicken barn? I have been. Yeah. And that's, that's. Can't say any negative stuff, but you know, yeah. I just, I love nature. I love animals. I might kill them. I might stuff their dead bodies. But I believe that all animals deserve to have freedom and a life and happiness just like us. Yeah. You know, like I can't feel good about doing that. I don't know. I have no idea. Like, yeah. No, oh, just don't know. Interesting. So, well, now yeah. see, hunting is, is something that a few people might think is cruel. Then of there's Then there's taxidermy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're we're getting to level two here. Or level, <laughs> level, level two level is level nine. <laughs> <laughs> we're still in the PG zone. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about uh, what you do as sure. a taxidermist? Yeah, yeah. So I basically people bring me their trophies and I recreate that moment for them by stuffing them and putting them in their house. Do you do yeah. all the ones that you hunt? 
A lot of them, yeah. Yeah, okay. I do actually. Even if they're, you know, people always say, oh, you know, don't mount a small deer or, you know, just do the huge ones. And it's like, who cares? Yeah, what's the difference? Well, I shot a deer last year, October 1st, and Adley, my Weimaraner, she tracked that deer and she found it. That was the very first deer she ever tracked in her entire life. So it was very important to me to mount that deer. Shout out to Adley. I see you you there. Good girl, Adley. Yeah, cutie. And it's funny, too, because whenever we have venison, the kids are like, which one are we having for dinner tonight? Uh (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I'm like, this is... Yeah, so I mounted that deer, and I actually took it into the taxidermy competition in Toronto, and I got a second place. Oh, damn. Yeah, but it was a beautiful, beautiful deer. Good for you. Now, is that yeah. from the shoulders up kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, shoulder mount, yeah. So I do I do mostly deer, but I do life-size mammals, too. I used to do some birds, but I don't anymore. Can't do everything. Why it's is that? To... Why? What do you mean? Well, I, I kind of wanted to specialize in, in certain things. And to be honest with you, like the deer are definitely my favorite thing to mount. There's just something about when I when I see them after it's all done and they're on the wall. I just there's just something about that particular species of animal. I just hmm. I find myself to be more passionate about for some reason. Yeah. Well, so what is it that uh, that made you want to do this? I was always interested in taxidermy. Uh, but when I got my firearms license, the first thing I did was I drove down to Santa Rosa shooting sports and saw my late friend, Bill Santa Rosa. And I said, Bill, I finally got my license. He says, you need again. I said, okay. So there was this big bear above the cash register on the wall and it was like, you know, big and scary. And I was like, always Bill, who did that? Full size, full size, full body. Half life size. Okay. Like, look, it was coming along. And Richard had mounted that bear. So he actually took the time to call Richard and say, there's this young lady that's really interested in learning about taxidermy. Would you teach her? And he said he would. So, yeah. So thanks to Bill, I got to meet Richard and then I started doing the taxidermy thing. But to be honest with you, I've always had a fascination with, with it, uh, to a certain extent, you know, even if I was a little bit, yeah, you know, I always appreciated that to a certain extent because it's, you know, there's a few people that I'm friends with now, you know, like I know the the gentleman that won um, the Worlds last year, Wes Moat. Hey, Wes, let's give a shout out to Wes. Hey, Wes. Wes. Whoa. His deer are, I can't even put it into words. Like okay. if you saw one of his pieces in, in person, it, what? Like it's just, and he does open mouth. He casts the mouth, the tongue. Oh, it's just Okay, so you're, you're actually Jeez. getting into the answer to my question. Yeah. What separates... What some like a normal taxidermist does to a world champion taxidermist? Like, what yeah. is the deal here? Oh, there's, you know, not every to get to the worlds would be. I may I may never get there. Yeah, but what do you, you have? To, what what separates his work from, from your work? Quality, as in what? Anatomy and knowledge of anatomy, perfection of of skin placement, tear ducts, what the eyes look like, every. Every animal has a puzzle, if you will. And there's patterns in the hair and certain spots. Like when you look, let's talk about um, a fox. This is a lot easier for me to explain to you. So when you look at the fox, like the bottom of the ears, the top of the ears, the corner of the eyes in the front, the back, the nose, it's like there's all these lines, like invisible lines that y'all have to match up. 
And if you don't match that skin up to all the different spots specifically, it doesn't quite look right. And these people are making their own forms. Like they're casting and creating everything. So they're, they're bringing it back to life, so to speak. Yeah, in but a, they're in a making way. everything. Yeah, but everything. I, I'm, I'm at a loss because when you stuff a fox head, let's say from yeah. the shoulders up, mm-hmm. is the fox's skull in there? No. See, that's just what I'm thinking. That when you see a head like that, the skull is in there. So but you're telling me it's time. not there. No. Is the is the is the skin actually separated in places like, and you have to put it back together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're, uh, I see somebody holding a head like this and then just stuffing stuff in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe <clears throat> back in like the 1800s. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why some don't look as good as others. <laughs> Probably, yeah. So what do you yeah. use? What are your tools? And what kind of what's the filling? So just a it's, second. The are, words, are we jumping? The word when, <laughs> no, we can yeah. jump all over the place. When it's all when, good. when you use the term. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my the deer I shot stuffed on the weekend. It's not stuffing. That must offend you. That term stuffing. Stuffing. Because well, you're not really stuffing it. No. <laughs> you're you're friggin' building it. Like well, oh my I, god. One one person I know calls me stuffing such. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like funny, like I hear yeah, stuff, well, stuffing things, right? Well, yeah. that's the term I suppose that mm-hmm. people use, but I don't think it's real anymore. Like. You didn't stuff it. <laughs> no. You took it apart and recreated it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there's a there's a massive artist artistry <laughs> here. Sorry, my, yeah. My mind is blown time. right now. Yeah. I've never ever thought about it. Oh, it's okay. It's all good. It's so let's talk about a process here. Okay. The whole entire process. So okay. let's say um I have a wolf come in. Okay. And I say to the, this literally, this is just what's happened in my life. Just recently, I've had a friend from Dryden bring me a life-size black wolf to mount for him. And basically it's just, let your creativity take you away, Claire. Well, I the think whole you, thing? Just the skin now. No, no, no. But from tail to yes, nose. the entire okay. entity itself Copy. will be mounted. Yeah. So I need all of the measurements off of the carcass if I can get it, because that is, that's my puzzle piece that I need to put back together. So he took all the measurements, the width of the neck, the length of the neck, the shoulders, the middle of the abdominal area, the chest, the back end, the length of the animal, the length of the leg from the hip to the hawk, the hawk to the bottom of, yeah, everything. And that helps me kind of put everything back together. So with all of those measurements that I have, I can look in my catalog and order the correct form, which is made from styrofoam. Copy. Yeah. Okay. So now, when you order a form like that, does that company just have stock forms on a shelf, or do they actually create the form to your measurements? No, they have that stuff in stock available. And then do you cut that form to stock, to, to your measurement? Sometimes. Like you might have to trim it? Yeah, normally you do have to do some some adjustments to it, for sure. Nothing's ever perfect. Okay, so th- yeah. so far... The animal is- itself isn't... I mean, each one's different. I they imagine. are all... It's Life-size mammals are probably the hardest thing to do. I think it's interesting yeah. that animals have other animals on their bodies. Like a horse has a frog and uh, uh, yeah, and this wolf has a hawk. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> all kinds of fun and excitement. <laughs> they can't come up with the new words. Oh, just call it something else. Yeah, yeah. Call it a, after a bird. Recycle. It's all good. All right, continue, please. Sorry. Okay, no, that's all no, good. No. So, um, you know, you, you get your animal and you have to generally have to skin them. But if you don't, then you start your tanning or preservation process. So that involves normally skinning of the head, the paws and the feet and all that stuff. And then you have to flesh the hide and get all the remaining fat and 
like any other gunge, like, you know, pieces of flesh and stuff that are left on it. And I've seen them do that with cowhide. Yeah. And then you salt it. And then right. I, my process is probably a little bit more than it needs to be, but I haven't had anything go bad yet. So I think I'll just continue with my silliness. But um, then I rehydrate in a brine solution. All the solutions I use are cold. You never use warm because that creates bacteria growth and slippage, which is when sure. the epidermis actually swells up and all the hair follicles swell up and all the hair just, you can slosh it off with your hand, just touch it and it would just come off, which is obviously very bad and irreversible. And now you've got, uh-oh, call your customer and tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> that I just gave you an animal yeah. a shave here. Yeah. <clears throat> this is fascinating. Mm. Sorry, this is fascinating. Oh, no, it's cool. I love this stuff. Love talking about no, it. No, I've, yeah. I've never, ever known any of this uh, yeah nothing is there a license process in this game or do you you just learn and you mm-hmm. get better and you get a reputation and people yeah. come yeah it's all what you put into it like you're the creator sure all the efforts you make all the time you take it'll pay off it that will. sounded like a song oh maybe we should write a song all the time you take the taxidermist <laughs> okay, so, so sorry i keep interrupting <laughs> no, you to tell fine. my stupid jokes but go yeah, yeah, yeah. So after your rehydration process, you have to preserve it in a pickle solution. So I use citric acid, salt, and water, and that pickles the hide. So I put the hide into that solution for 24 to 48 hours, take it out, and then I have to shave it again. So that... um, The the inside. Yeah, the epidermis. So any fascia or fat that's stuck on the skin side of it will plump up. And then once I get done on my flushing machine, it comes right off. Do you keep any of this stuff? Like any of the yeah the insides bits. the bits but what's it no. yeah no. I don't know like I, don't I know. would like I have a couple life size mammals that I have to do uh, I kept their carcasses in the freezer so I can take that carcass out like when I'm prepping to mount the animal I'll take the carcass out and I'll put the form beside it and then I'll just go from ah ah to match it yeah okay yeah. That's, well, that that just makes sense oh yeah and it's like why didn't I do this before. Yeah. Well, if you have the carcass. Yeah. Well, like the wolves and stuff <clears throat> are hard, right? Because they're like 150 pounds or so. Like they're a big animal. Mm-hmm. They really are. It's scary. Now, where would this guy have shot this wolf? In Dryden. In Dryden? In Dryden. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Couldn't believe it. We used to live in Woodstock and my dog was out the backyard. Yeah. We lived adjacent to the horse track there in Woodstock. Oh, yeah. Okay. So my little dog years ago was outside and all of a sudden she started barking like crazy and mm-hmm. I ran out to the side to see what what was up and yeah. here's a wolf in my backyard. Yeah. What? Yeah, it yeah, was wild. Uh, yeah. Uh-oh. Was a, right in the middle of the city. Right in the middle of the city. But because of the horse barns, I called the OPP and I told them there's a, there's a wolf in my yard and That's it got crazy. out and ran away. But he says, yeah, you'd be surprised how many wolves come into Woodstock uh, because of the horse barns. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Never yeah, even heard of that. Yeah. I've heard of bears in like Strathroy. Maybe you heard about that, yeah. Whoa. No. And there was one in London in a subdivision or something. Really? Jeez. There was a moose in Strathroy. Well, yeah. we're, we're, we're in coaching on there. They're just coming farther south now, you know. The day I'm sitting in my tree stand and I see a bear walk by. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Wow>. Crazy. <laughs> oh, hey. man. Check your trail cameras and there's bears on it. Crazy. You don't oh, want to wow. see that around here. No. No, no. Your trail the, cameras? Um, we we spend a lot of time in Tennessee, my wife and I, oh, in the Smoky you? Mountains, and we see oh, bears beautiful. all the time. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, that'd be yeah. really cool. But hey? that said, okay, so let's get back yeah. to this wolf. Taxidermy. Yeah, so the wolf. So once I'm done pickling, I tan it. So that basically makes the skin workable. You just so, put it on like a, a chase lounge out in the yard? Yeah. Under the sun? In the sun? and No. I use a, <laughs> it's called Lutan F. 
So that just, it changes the tannins in the skin and it's, you can stretch it and work with it a bit more. Uh, and then once that's done, you're ready to mount the animal. And then, you know, you do your day, like I always take way longer than I need to because I'm still pretty new and still pretty slow at things. But I take a yeah, day. Yeah, but you're and, also meticulous and do it right. Yeah, that's, yeah. I won't, I won't disagree with you on that. Wow. Uh, so I take the whole day and prep everything. I set all my eyes in before. Like I take digital calipers and measure everything to okay. make sure everything's Here's the same. Here's another question. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> questions are coming. How do I know how to do that? <laughs> no, no. But what do you use for the eyes? Like what, what is glass. it? glass. So you, you purchase those? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, so... Okay. That makes sense. Are all okay. wolves' eyes the same? Um, there's some variations. Like different companies make different variations of different colors. And then you've got commercial and then competition eyes. So, you know, your commercial eyes aren't as expensive as your, like a pair of competition eyes might be $50, $60. I'd go there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't even want it in my home without the competition eyes. No, I don't. Everything that I mount is competition quality. Yeah, Everything. and so it should be. Sweet. Yeah. I mean, you're and doing... I can say that because I've taken some of my commercial stuff to the competition, and it didn't suck, which was good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just to, you know, just so I can say to the customer, like Claire, why are you charging that much money? This is why. Absolutely. Now, but so, so if you can, you look at the wolf's eye, mm -hmm. like the real wolf. Do you have a reference as to what that pictures? Right. So you yeah. can take a, a photograph of the, the real wolf's mm -hmm. eye and then try to match up the best you can to the, to the quality of the real eye, like yeah. the color and size or whatever. Yeah. This yeah. is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Like if I'm on a deer, I've got pictures of the eyes, the nose, the lips, everything. So I can see even every single deer that I do. Okay. So are the lips not real? Everything is real that you see, like all the skin. Yeah. But we don't use like skulls or anything the only thing on a deer that you would have it would be the antlers and there's a bit of the skull cap that you'd have to cut off in order to keep the antlers together when you're sure. mounting it but other than that it's all skin just skin so you mentioned wow. your friend who, who did the um the world champion thing mm -hmm. um he did it with the animal's mouth open yeah so is that was that the deer's original teeth yeah and then the tongue is not real no because the tongue is it would decay so flash. everything like to my understanding, they would have to open up the deer's mouth and move things around as it froze. So you'd have to keep taking it in and out of the freezer. So you can get the tongue turning in a certain way, and then you have to make a casting of that. And then you have to make, well, I'm not... Jesus. I'm not sure what they use. Maybe, like, I tried to... I've made my own castings using alginate, which is the stuff you get from the dentist. Yeah. So I had... I have two wolves of my own to mount which I'm procrastinating on because I'm just like, oh my God, they're so big and there's so much work and so much sewing and I've never mounted a wolf before. You know, I've done smaller wow. things, but it's going to be big, done two of them together, a male and a female. So I'm trying to like figure out how to mount them in a way where it's really interactive. So when people come in the studio and they see- Sorry, it, another joke's coming. No, I'm not, I'm not okay. coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when you come in the studio and you see that stuff, it's like, I need to show off my creative side so people can see- what the possibilities for their stuff is. Right. You know, because everybody that has come into the studio has been happy so far and I want to continue that, you know. Yeah. Well, with all this yeah. talk of mounting. Yeah. And you have a male and female. Yeah. No, we won't. <laughs> right. I see where you go there. <laughs> They'll be separate on that thing, by the way. Yeah. Um, They'll be far away from each other. <laughs> the, um, 
if if someone this fellow brings you this black wolf, yeah, from the moment he brings it to you and you begin work mm-hmm. to your presenting to him the finished product that he can now take home, yeah, what is the time frame? Hopefully a year. Really? Yeah. That's like building a hot rod. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I've got last like I'm always a year behind generally. So I always know fiscally how much work I have or how much I should or shouldn't be taking. So wow. I still like I'm working on 2021 deer right now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like how so big you, is your freezer? You mean freezers? <laughs> that, well, I was going to go <laughs> How there, big is yeah. your freezer room? I have the I have two of the largest chest freezers you can buy. Really? You eh? can't buy bigger chest freezers until you get into like the huge industrial. Yeah. Yeah, I have Gosh, four or five no. freezers. 1 2 Six freezers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're not always full. No, no, I, we get it, but it, yeah. Wow. Like when, so my busiest time is during the rut, during the, the deer rut. So what does that mean? Rut breeding season of the deer. Okay. The bucks get stupid. They're out during the day and more of them get, get harvested. That's why they have the controlled or like gun hunts usually that go on <laughs> around this time. Yeah. And yeah. So basically between the last week of October to the end of November, I'm getting calls every single day, every day. Okay. So you're, you're wow. getting, so what, when the bucks go nuts? Yeah. Um, cause that's what bucks, when bucks do. go wild. <laughs> hey, we, there's another show. Yeah. Oh, Hey. <laughs> um, okay. So somebody's going to go out. He's got a deer tag. He gets out and he gets a buck because yeah. the bucks running around the daytime looking for a girl going crazy. That guy shoots the buck. He brings that buck home to his garage or whatever he does with it. Mm-hmm. That's when he immediately calls you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then you take that. Do you go get it? Does he bring it to you? They usually bring it to me. Okay. They bring it to you. So you, the whole thing, right? No. The caped deer. So I asked them to cape it out first. So that it's means they, they, they've cleaned out of all flesh, food and bones, and you've basically got the head and... The, the skin. skin from yeah. the back down That's to his right. tummy. Yeah. So halfway up the deer. Right. I always say that like half of the deer forward because I can always cut it off if I don't need it. Right. But it's right? best to have what, it, sure. Yeah. Well, and sometimes people want a pedestal mount and I need more cape for that. So it's not a straight shoulder. It's like a sideways. So the, the side profile of the deer as opposed okay. to just the front. And that requires more skin because you see more of that. Sure. Do, do people request Things like, I need my deer winking at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not winking, but yeah, there's specific things people want. <laughs> it's a Disney movie, this yeah. one. You know, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like Bambi. Oh, yeah. don't even bring it up. <laughs> oh, poor Bambi. That was the first film I ever saw on film. I know, that's I why I was, I was anti-hunting. I was like, oh my God, they killed Bambi's mommy. Hell yeah. Poor Bambi. Run, Bambi, it's man. <laughs> Run. Mom, mother, mother. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but don't, that's whatever, you know, if I had a dollar for every time I heard don't shoot Bambi. Yeah. Like, I would never shoot Bambi. Bambi's too small. That'd be such a waste of a tag. Yeah. It'd be like 10 pounds of meat on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bigger, the better. Right. Now, do people yeah. save uh, meat from animals like wolves and bears as well? And Bears. Yeah. Yes, organs absolutely. and things like this. Organs. There's a lot of argument there whether or not you should or shouldn't be consuming organs. Well, the carnivore diet does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like heart, absolutely. Yeah, I've eaten we're heart. Big, yeah, I've eaten a moose. I've eaten uh, moose heart. Yeah, that's yeah, not, we're, that's not a that's not scary. We're certainly, it's the liver and here. stuff that you know that. Thing now, when you say animal. scary, why why? 
Well, it filters out a lot of toxins. Right. Okay. So a wild yeah. animal, you never know. That's what, right. Okay. Okay. Um, one thing that I do have a horseshoe client that's a meat inspector. And one thing she always told me when I was harvesting deer and field dressing them was always watch for tuberculosis. So I got these like little, like little white spots near the lungs mm-hmm. and that's oh. like cattle carry it too. Uh, but that's one thing that you have to watch. So if your deer has, you can see that, that might be an issue. So it is safer to eat like a beef liver based on where it's living. Because it's domesticated kind of thing? Uh, from everything that I've heard and read, a lot of people that do hunt wild game do not consume. Organs. Organs, yeah. But like like Stephen Ranella, the meat eater. Yeah. He's yum yum. Wild, wild game yum yeah. yum? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Like he's he's quite... An incredible human being, actually. He's doing a lot. I like that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah me he's too. wicked. I wish, like, I wish we could just hang out and no talk doubt. and go no hunting. Doubt. You know, I'm sure a yeah. lot of people would. But I just like really look up to him as another human being that's out there. Yeah. You know, preaching about conservation and how what we're doing is not wrong. Like we're, if anything, we're trying to conserve and protect more because we don't want to lose our hunting abilities, our, sure. our rights. You it makes, know? makes perfect like sense. We, Big time. <clears throat> so like all the money that, you know, we spend on hunting licenses and tags and things like that, that goes back to conservation, you know? And I mean, there's bad people out there too, obviously. Of course. But I don't even really consider them to be hunters. They're poachers. Right. You know, if you don't respect and and take the time and really show that you care about nature and... and absolutely. You know? Then it's like anything else. Absolutely. I'm a law-abiding handgun owner, but there's people out there that aren't. Absolutely. 100%. So, I mean, you always, there's always good, but not, if nothing was wrong, then nothing would be right. We need to have the bad to appreciate the good. Well, that's the yin yang of life. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I hear stories of, you know, people have told me, oh, you know, I shot a deer out of season. I'm like, don't tell me that because I will call the MNR and I will report you because I don't like that kind of stuff. Okay. I don't, yeah. Like, don't. Sure. I better never find out about that. You know, wow, that's good. just, yeah, it's just disrespectful. I would never do that. Never. Like I have a tag. I put it on the deer, I have a tag, put it on the turkey, small game license to shoot coyotes. So fox neither one of us are hunters. So, mm-hmm. um, I want to get back to this black wolf for a moment. Oh, but, for but sure. No, but what, it, what exactly is a tag? And you say you put it on a deer. Yeah. So you have to apply to get a tag. Yes. Which gives you permission to shoot a deer. Correct. You have to apply for an antlerless tag if you want to shoot a deer with no antlers, meaning a doe or a young, like a younger fawn. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So I, for the first time in however long I've been hunting deer, you know, I forgot to get my antlerless tag this year. So I'm only allowed to shoot bucks this year, which might really put a stick in the mud if I don't see a lot of bucks. (laughs) Right. Kind of takes your options away a little bit, but um, you, you need tags. So like the wolf, for instance, that person had to buy a specifically a wolf tag. Right. Now, so when mm-hmm. you say tag, that's that's like a license that gives him the right to take a wolf. That one wolf. Correct. But yeah. is it is it is it literally a tag? It's a piece of paper you print off the internet now. Okay. It never used to be like that. It okay. used to be plastic. Yeah, that's... And not oh. photocopyable. Right. Yeah. Ah. Mm. Jesus. Now, see, there, mm-hmm. you, there you go. Wow, they've, they've opened up the whole thing. thing for these illegal dudes. Yeah, that was, I don't even care how many people get upset with me about this. That was the stupidest thing they ever did. Stupid. Like, 
used well, like, that, and that ruins it for everybody too, what, doesn't what, it? Because yeah. they make this rule and then act like well, it's a paper tag, is, and you're you're touching like I go out and I shoot a deer, and I'm field dressing this deer, and there's going to be stuff all over me, right? Blood and yeah, and here mm-hmm. I am, like you know, oops, I forgot to bring that Ziploc bag to put around the tag around that antler. And now I've completely destroyed my tag because I wasn't paying attention and I right. flipped my deer oh, wow. over. Well, the only people that, then, the people that will get upset that you said that are either incredibly lazy yeah. or doing it illegally. And photocopying their tags. That's correct. So, so, so they have yeah. five tags. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So the old fashioned tag. It was plastic. That you actually have to place on yeah. the antler in case, uh, Lands and Forest Guy or whatever it is now. Yeah, you got them in the mail. Okay. So if I apply for a deer tag today, October first <clears throat> comes around, the last week of September, second week, second last week of September, I get all my tags in the mail, and I have them physically, my yellow plastic tags with little notches that I can put my little zip tie through and attach it to things. It's perfect. And then all of a sudden they, oh, you have to print off your tags. What if? So you are only allowed to print off your tag one time. And your printer fudges up. And this and now is you just can't print to, your tags off. This is yeah, just to kill it? the use of plastic. It's a, I have no idea. It's a financial thing. Possibly. Well, I mean, plastic is going away. You know, that's they're they're trying to weed out plastic in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, from like forks and stuff that you might get at a at a buffet grocery store mm-hmm. or something to straws and all kinds of bottles, whatever. Yeah. You know, and I I don't I don't know much about any of that, but I can imagine this. Uh, struggle Mm -hmm. this is insane well it's like you know i could think about it and maybe i could laminate my tags before i go out and put a little hole punch in there you know but who who does that uh you from now on i guess i'm gonna have to (laughs) well i don't want to set myself up for failure no no of course not like i hunt in an area where there's i literally see game wardens all the time like all the time because it's such a hot area for for hunting where i am and i've been pulled over and i've been checked and i mean i always have everything in my pocket, my hunting license, my, even if I'm not shooting a gun, you know, I have my, my bow. I still have my firearms license on me. Who are you, young lady? And where are you from? Here you go, sir. Yeah. Yeah. It gets you mm-hmm. out of us. Uh, I, I appreciate you nonsense. taking the time to check. Thank you. It's interesting. Yeah. Now, when you transport a mm-hmm. firearm, mm-hmm. there's specific ways that you, by law, you have to yeah. transport. Yeah. When you transport a bow mm-hmm. or a crossbow, mm-hmm. when is that bow or crossbow? considered loaded when it's so a crossbow you'd pull it back and that would be considered loaded but you should never travel with your crossbow cocked like that of course not yeah um but yeah when you transport your firearm Mm -hmm. you have to have your firearm Mm -hmm. and your ammunition stored separately yep when you have a bow and you have your arrows (laughs) laying on the seat it's they're not being transported separately you know what i mean yeah and as long as your bow is strung, you can just pick up that arrow and all day long. <clears throat> so I'm just I'm just wondering. Well, they don't consider a... a bow to be a firearm, right? Because it doesn't the tra- projectile, pardon me, doesn't travel right. at a certain speed to. Well, whatever. it's also a lot harder to conceal and and you don't know, look at this crossbow. I mean, a, a pistol can be easily uh, <laughs> hidden up and yeah, and just, yeah. You could shoot a an officer as he walks up to the car, whatever, mm-hmm. and it's a lot a lot harder to. So can you put my crossbow you know, in my back bone, pocket? Whatever it is, no, I'll never see it. That was a great, great <laughs> imitation of a bow hunter. <laughs> well, sitting <laughs> sitting in their car, 
sitting in the car with the wheel in front of him. You know, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just put it behind the seat. No one will even notice, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now I, I want to know, can you walk downtown with a bow and a quiver full of arrows? Sure. I think that's kind of cool. Do it see what happens. That'd be yeah, cool. No kidding, eh? Yeah. I would. What an experiment. Robin Hood style. What's up? Walking around town. Okay, so now this fella's Black Wolf. Yeah. It, I think it's absolutely fascinating because I've never, ever thought about it before that you have to take it apart and then just put it back together like a puzzle without anything in it. Yeah. So you don't use... Oh, oh, no, you just mentioned about having the frame as being... Sorry, I'm going through it in my head. Oh, it's all good. <clears throat> so there's no wolf bones in there at all? No. Fascinating. Yeah. And so once you... How does this? Did this fella already tell you how he wants it mounted? No. Okay. We're just gonna see what happens. I know he wants it, you know, standing. Yeah. But with life size stuff, normally people just kind of just say, "Just do what you want to do, Claire," because it's really difficult to find. Like when you when you go in with a deer, it's one thing because there's like one or two measurements that you really really need to worry about, like from the corner of the eye to the end of the nose, pardon me. And then the neck, um, how big the neck is right behind the ears. So let's say a seven and a half by 22. So seven and a half inches in the face, 22 inches in the neck, no big deal. But when you have a life-size mammal, there's like, I don't even know, 30 how, measurements. I mean, uh, at uh, least, you this, know. This black wolf's tail yeah. must be quite bushy. It's about that long and... Yeah. yeah. So how do you do that? I have to wrap the tail. So I take the bone. There's a piece of wire that's coming out of the form. Okay. So I cut it to length right. from the bone. And then I wrap it with, I start with a piece of, um, what's it called? It? It's like, uh, it's not yarn. It's it's more of like a polyester. Is it maybe like alpaca wool? No, it's not alpaca wool. <laughs> it's like slinky, not, I don't know how to explain it, but. I just wrap it and then I wrap it back down again and I keep wrapping it like thicker towards the bum and yeah. then thinner towards the tail. Yeah. And then I can just slip it right on like a sock. And yeah. that kind of holds it on. That's I right. Guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I use adhesive on everything else. Yeah. And then I use that because the, that material itself will actually hold the skin in place, but it has to be just a smidge smaller than the skin so I can move it on there and move the tail because I have to pull that up. So that's like, when I'm sewing up the bum up at the top, because I'll cut it like a life-size mammal. You'd cut from the base of the head all the way to the top of the base of the tail, not on the tummy. Cause you want to sew up. Cause you pull it on like a pair of pants on the form. Oh, Yeah. So I'll cut the head of the form off in a V. So when I put the head back on there, there's a perfect V there. So it will always go back in the same spot and I'll put some black marker on there too. put it back together with Bondo. And then like, that's the last thing that goes on. Like you put the front on and then the back and then you put the head and everything's attached because it comes in three different pieces. You'd never be able to pull it on if the form was all attached. This is fascinating. So, uh, yeah, it is fascinating. Uh, what's, what is the most unusual? Uh, unusual animal? Yeah. I haven't really done a lot of unusual things. But have um, you been asked? And then oh, you just don't yeah. have time? Like pets. <laughs> oh, oh no, really? Yeah. Interesting. So where, where do you draw the line? Um... Well, I really don't feel like I could ever properly recreate someone's pet. I could never perceive how they 
see their pet. Sure. Well, like on its back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean. Want a belly rub. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So <laughs> I do I do know a taxidermist who does cats from time to time. Oh, really? Yeah. And every time he posts one, I just think to myself, oh, my gosh. And there's one, I guess, I think it's like two or three cats. One person's had him taxidermy for them. But I did have a friend of mine ask me to do a rug for her with her husky. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Oh, that I... That's well, got, was that a no? That was a hard no. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. and what is your reasoning? I just don't think I could. Other skin than what the sounds pet. obvious, it's a pet. It's not something. It's something that was in somebody's home. Okay. They got to know that animal. It wasn't an animal that they saw for fifteen minutes and then harvested. Right. You know. Right. Like I could <laughs> never, in a million years, even think about stuffing Adley. <laughs> No, no. Right now, my mind's no, going to our crazy. little guy, Whiskey. I he, mean, well, he, he's 15 years old, and um, he's having some issues. He's a yeah. little old man. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, like everyone else, every other pet we've had as family members, we will cremate him, and he'll be in a little urn. And yeah. But who wants who who would want a 15 year old looking dog anyway on their pedestal? I mean, what? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I, I don't get it. Get, People think I'm weird. Your, Come on, <laughs> if you're gonna get your pet, uh, you know, uh, stuffed and 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 hang it up. Yeah. you, you kind of want it young, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Wow, it was so untimely. Funny. Yeah. So some of these yeah. things last for a long, long time. They should. Yeah. I'm shooting in a home. I'm doing a movie up uh, northern Ontario, and we're shooting in a home where they have this massive moose head oh, mounted cool. above the. It's just gorgeous. It's huge. Have you done a moose? Have you done? I've helped. Okay. Yeah. And it's apparently really, really old. Cool. Yeah. There's a painting in this home, a huge painting of an elk. Oh, or nice. Or what's what's elk? What other is an elk? And there's a caribou. Okay. Um, I think. Anyway, it was painted by the fella who was the original financier of Buffalo Bill Cody's Wild West show. Really. And I guess he's pretty famous. He's all over the internet. I looked it up. And uh, Henry H. Cross is the painter. And this painting is going to some museum in Missouri, apparently, when the people are finished with it. But hmm. the whole home has got antlers, moose antlers, everywhere all mounted. They have, awesome. They have light fixtures made out of them and everything. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But this moose on the wall is incredible. Is it? But apparently it's really old. Take a picture. I will. Yeah. So it's really, it's what's in, what's interesting is that the length of time that these things exist. Mm-hmm. So that takes me back. Would they have done something similar back then, like a hundred years ago? They don't, did they have styrofoam? A lot of arsenic and paper mache was used. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's one thing you got to be careful of with vintage mounts is arsenic. Well, okay. It, it, does it explain? Nobody's eaten it. No, it's within the form. Like it's within whatever they've made the form with. So for instance, like I had... Yeah, 1967. And I said, I said to Richard, I have this, this deer they want me to remount because the thing uh. looked like, you know, scary looking. And um, he's like, when you cut those antlers out, he's like, wear a mask and goggles and stuff because of the arsenic. I said, what? He's like, yeah, that's what they used to use for tanning. That's what it was. They used mm. arsenic for tanning. The actual skin. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, huh. that's what it was. Sorry, I just had to think a minute there, but yeah. Now, if, yeah. You, if you're remounting something mm-hmm. and it ha- was tanned with arsenic, do you re-tan it? Is there, no. No, you just use the original? Just the hardware, just the antlers. Mm-hmm. 
Can't reuse anything. Just the antlers. Yeah, you just cut them out with a reciprocating saw and start again. So how then how do you build the deer head? Well, the, there's a skull cap there, generally speaking. like. But you won't have any of the... No, you just use a new form and use a spare cape. Okay. Yeah, so I have a few friends. If they shoot deer, they're not going to mount them. They'll call me up and say, hey, Claire. You oh, know, do you want this? Yeah, yeah. So I'll go and skin the deer and bring it home. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I had a gentleman cut the cape too short last year. Like, literally, it was like this too much. Yeah. Short A and like, just nothing I could do with that. So I was like... You mentioned uh, doing a bear. Yeah. A bear head. Yeah. I have three bear rugs to do. I mean, that much, that's wild. Ugh, yeah. Now, are they big? Yeah, and they're small. Yeah. They're probably the worst thing. Coyotes are the worst, actually. They smell the worst. Yeah. So mm. I got to wait until like... It's about 10 degrees in the day, so I can open up the garage when I'm salting or working with those animals, because it's... Now, why do bears and coyotes smell so bad? Um, I think bears are just really fatty and dirty. Okay. They don't... They're very fatty. They don't wear deodorant or anything. No. Yeah, and they run around bear all day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, coyotes are... Yeah, they start turning green as soon as you shoot them, so I'm not sure. They just stink. Wolves never smell, though. I was surprised when I was working on the wolves. They didn't smell at all. And they're like carnivores, right? So you'd think, you know, they'd they'd have some sort of an odor, but they they didn't smell at all. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever gotten a coyote that's been squished by a 10,000 pound Acme uh, anvil? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Just comes to mind. Um, Do you ever get weird special requests? I want my deer smiling. Something no, like not yet. Oh, I think I said the winking thing. Yeah. 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 Not yet. Not yet. Oh, wait. No, I did have someone message me and ask me to do some sword fighting squirrels. Like, really? Samurai. I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> oh that would have been, that's my, that's yeah. where I'm at right there. But I feel like if I'm going to spend the time doing something, I can't. I have to make it serious, not silly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, don't know. There, I mean, there are a lot of people that just. I mean, they they get to they get to hunting and they kind of go okay, but then the taxidermy thing. I mean, how do you convince someone that this is uh, that it like some people just think you know you've killed it, you're gonna eat it, you harvest it, whatever, and uh, you know then lay it to rest, let it let it be, you let know be. because but is that a is that just some kind of inner spiritual thing that they have or something that they just think happens after death that, that, that you're going to ruin it or something you're going to ruin its spirit or it's whatever it had as a living thing is now uh being disturbed in the afterlife i want to know really um, what what is the how do you convince someone yeah that, you, you, you that must... is very sensitive to this kind of thing especially here in canada in the western world different you know this isn't tribal over here mm-hmm. you know and we're used to getting our pork chops uh under cellophane right uh so you know i i imagine uh that people here think that it's just not necessary to be like this but i suppose it's not uh, yeah it's not necessary it's not. but uh but that it's not necessary <clears throat> to human beings no but it might be necessary to the animal kingdom yeah that that you're more careful, you know, the hunting and all this stuff. But then there's the taxidermy thing. Yeah. So I, I, I have you had arguments? Oh. I imagine you've had a few things. Oh yeah. You once me- you you mentioned to me that you've had threats. I've had death threats. Seriously? Yeah. So what the hell? 
Because so people say they want to stuff you. I'll stuff you. Well, well, so you I'm not sure I should repeat what they said on the internet. <laughs> well, well, you can, but th- what's interesting about that is that you have someone who's against uh, taxidermy mm-hmm. to the point where they're willing to kill you. Right. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I'm sure that crazy. things would be different if they were face to face with me. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's oh, absolutely yeah. right? true. Keyboard courage. Keyboard warriors. Yeah. 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 Big time. You know, and it's unfortunate because you know I'm really not doing anything detrimental to anything. You know, if anything, I'm I'm providing, um, you know, conservation awareness to people. Absolutely. You know how many how many times have you said to people, "Do you litter? How many times a day do you throw something at your window of your car? You want these animals to survive, don't you? Gum. Oh, people whip their gum out yeah. the window like they think it's throw some xylitol gum out. Dog eats it and dies because they can't eat xylitol. Oops. Okay, so now I'm getting an education. What is xylitol? Xylitol is an artificial sweetener found in gum. All gum? Not all gum. Xylitol is great because it kills a bacteria in your mouth that kill like that causes cavities and such, but it's completely and utterly poisonous to dogs. One piece, and your dog should be going to the vet. Wow! Really? Yep. Whoa. And there's, I mean, I see gum everywhere. Yeah, I know. This is gum. Keep the dog uh, on the leash. Otherwise, know. it's non. Could you imagine? <clears throat> like, I know a gentleman, um, a friend of mine who also has a Weimaraner who was telling me that his dog got into, a, into some feces in the park and somebody had eaten some cannabis product and the dog got extremely sick from <clears throat> cannabis from human. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean. Jesus. You don't even think about that stuff, right? No, we don't. No, so nobody thinks. That's the problem. I here. know nobody like, thinks. Use your brain. It was. Nobody's willing to listen. No. I hope that people are are listening to this and just and 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 with an open mind. But yeah, you I'm know. not a big scary monster person. That's a sociopath that goes around and you know strings intestines from the ceiling and has people come over and jump up for joy for those sorts of things. You know, I'm yeah. I work with dead animals, but someone's got to do it, so I may as well, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. Like, I I don't even know personally whether I actually agree or disagree with it. I don't think I have any sort of judgment toward it at all. But I think maybe my younger self did. I my younger self totally did. Walk into someone's house and see something dead hanging on the wall. What are you doing? Like, that's a trophy. That's you know. But a lot of times, that deer was consumed. That person took the time. To, to cape the deer and spend the money to mount that deer, you know? And if you're shooting deer and not eating them, then why are you hunting? Um, like, why are you doing that? Absolutely. It makes what, no sense to me. What I find fascinating is that the person that goes into a home or cottage or whatever, and you see a deer or a moose on the wall <clears throat> and it offends you in some fashion. Uh, if they just turned around and looked on that wall and they have a, a pike or a muskie, stuffed yeah. for the lack of a better term <clears throat> no one no one ever i've not ever heard anyone uh complain and be offended that the fish is stuffed i'm sure there's got to be there's got to be somebody especially when maybe when you get like a marlin on the wall i you have know, a friend who crazy. i have a friend who has a shark on his wall cool like a, a full-size shark wow. have you ever done anything like that <clears throat> no that's wild eh? and it's that not is. real it's not real anyway it's fiberglass they, oh. t- they take a mold of the shark that you caught Oh, okay. Do you know how that works? I've seen a lot of the fish stuff. It's like a casting. It's a gray casting, and then they have to use fiberglass fins and so on and heads. 
you know, they just take a measurement of the fish. Like yeah, the so it's it's the, representative right. of the fish that you caught, but I don't yeah. think it's the actual uh, fish. Okay. Like a reproduction. <clears throat> yeah, you paint yeah, them yeah. instead of using the skin. And now after okay. this conversation, I know it's not a real fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's, i got to tell you, I've learned a lot. This, is, oh, this cool, has been right fascinating. No, I've never heard of this before. <laughs> but people, people will complain about the deer head, but they don't complain about the fish. Yeah. So is, is there something that's... Fish just aren't cute. Yep, people fish, they that's get a it. fish. I know, that's what I'm saying. You the, know. the person that doesn't like the deer head probably fishes. But that's people, yeah, people's mentality is just like that. It's just so ignorantly f- flat. Yeah. There's no basis that they like build it on. No. Oh, Not I don't like, like that and that's it. Right. But what about all the information? Can I give you pro and con side of this and then you can make your decision? Um, how you feel yeah, about well, it? people yeah. go go to their city work and work in an office and eat their uh, eat 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 their pound of chicken wings. Yeah, which is like eight, nine, ten chickens. Yeah, like right at once. There you go. And right. they don't. And they're the fucking taxidermist bitch. Yeah, no, sorry. Listen to this podcast. But come on. I fucking hate her. <laughs> <laughs> but she like, dies. but really, I mean, <laughs> we, people uh, people got need a, need a perspective on what they're doing yeah. now there's vegans and vegetarians and, and things for like sure this. and you know what if if you make the choice not to consume animal products mm-hmm. that's great good for you is there an argument there oh yeah i've got lots of arguments on that sort of thing so where do you get your vegetables from the garden do you or do you get them from the greenhouse that causes tons of pollution I see. Right? Okay. Has anybody ever brought that up? Ever? Have you ever heard anybody say that? I'm the only person that I've ever heard say something like that. Hmm. It's that is ruining everything. I'll be saying it from now on. Well, ex- yeah. explain that a little. Go to Leamington, Ontario. Anywhere you go, it's there's no darkness anymore. It's all light because there's so many greenhouses. That's, that is such a huge effect on wildlife. What about these windmills? Let's not get started on that. But... Yeah. Honestly, have you, have you noticed? Have you ever noticed that when Claire whispers, how scary it gets? Yeah. Yeah. Whispering, yeah. whispering. It is frightening. It's scary. But you know, that's that's a that's a good point to be made. And you know, you're a vegan. How is every single item in your life animal cruelty free? It again. More... What happened with that? Your shirt, your shoes. That's a nice car you have with leather seats. Vegan. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I hate when people judge. <clears throat> I really do. Like, if people just minded their own, I don't care if you're a vegan, a vegetarian. I don't care if you eat meat. I don't care if you go to the grocery store and buy your meat. Yeah, why do you care what I do? Yeah, mind your own business. I'll mind mine. Thanks. Like, I give way more than I take. You know, but people see, oh, she kills things. I I can't think about anything else. You know, but if they knew me as a person and knew what I did in my life and all the little baby birds I rescued when I was a kid and all the rescue animals I have in my home because people neglected them and didn't want them, Hmm. I'm giving away more than I'm taking. So, you know, people, people that hunt are not bad people. They're not. Some are, you know, but we can argue that there are good and bad people in every aspect of life. Of course. Sure. That is another lost perspective Mm -hmm. people don't see this stuff and i say people very generally but you know the general consensus consensus especially here in uh, a country like canada if you're not living in the country and you don't understand this kind of stuff and you weren't raised with this kind of information to 
uh, to modify the way you think, mm -hmm. then you can't go there. I mean, no. I think it's the same way, and I mentioned this on another uh, podcast, but I think it's the same way people think of guns uh, versus uh, their own car. If they if they were born and raised in a big city like Toronto and drove uh, cars, or didn't didn't drive cars, they just rode bicycles everywhere they yeah. went, they would argue people who, who have cars, well, why do you need that? And you can work you know, over here. You don't need to do that. You know, uh, but cars uh, are killing people every day, and we do, um, we get our license because we feel we need it. If we needed firearms, people would feel the same way. For sure, correct. But but they they feel as though we don't need them, mm -hmm. um, and we can just go to the grocery store and buy our meat or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if I explained that properly, but okay. uh, we're but, just so far removed from what we were. Is is hunting a lost art? Will it be? Do you think? I mean, politically, well, the we're going. Government's we're heading, working on it. Yeah, we're heading that way. Do you think it's going to go there? That is something that it's like we don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we don't ever even mention that because that would be absolutely catastrophic if we lost our ability to go hunting. Like we believe it or not, the things we do conserve all animal species, you know, we're taking away prey items. We're also taking predators. If we did not do what we did, you'd have way more coyotes, way more raccoons, way more parvo, way more distemper. So do you think that you the know? government perhaps knows this? They know this. I mean, they're not stupid. I don't think the, the, they take the time to educate themselves on what hunting don't. really is. You don't think you know, that there's someone up there that they just they just want you to stop hunting so that they can do the job, take what they, what they want, give you what you need. I think the government unquote. takes away guns to appease people who are frightened of guns who have no experience, and then they get more hmm. votes. For sure, it has nothing to do. Yeah, with... yeah, it's all about that. Election. Everybody needs to go <clears throat> and live in the country for a week. Get yourself out of the city. Go out in the country. And really know what it's like to live without amenities, without your next door neighbor, without a working cell phone, with farm animals. You know, we didn't evolve living in a city. No, but see, here's the thing. We are evolving into that. That's, you're right. We are evolving into that. Now, you know, uh, we're hearing about losing hunting and losing guns and losing uh, our ability to uh, survive on our own, that we need somebody else. To, we need more uh, people to stick up for that lifestyle. Yeah. We right. can't lose it. I think there's enough people out there like me, like other people, like hunting and stuff that will, like I know way more people than I ever used to regarding firearms and hunting and taxidermy. And I know a lot of people will not sit down and take that crap. It is coming back around. We we got, I mean, we got people uh, like Renella and we have yeah. and people like Rogan and and people that are talking about it very loudly yeah many viewers many subscribers and people are learning and i feel like we're, we went from uh what was primitive because it had to be to um becoming uh, a western crazy just western society where everything is manufactured for us instead and now we have people like this uh who are and people like you who are discussing this and uh trying to educate and uh you know it's beautiful yeah. It's good. It's not it's good. that bad. You know, it's pretty cool. No, it's, a good it's great. But it's yeah. also, it would toughen people up if they just, you know, I'm not even a hunter. Yeah. But I, but I hear you and I, it just makes so much sense. Yeah. I just think people form their opinion 
based on whatever experience they've had and and they can't bring themselves to admit that oh maybe maybe i learned something today that's right and uh maybe i'll change my mind about guns now or about hunting or taxidermy and that's what you did you learned yeah you just you changed a mind i i learned a lot today i i'm I'm getting goosebumps because it's (laughs) what i learned today it's fascinating Mm -hmm. i never ever knew this it's just different perspective on life yeah and Mm -hmm. things you know like being out in the woods and just sitting there and soaking it all in you're sitting there it's beautiful you know, yeah like so, it's not it's not just killing animals you know i'm just gonna play the devil's advocate here yeah. for a moment so claire as a hunter mm-hmm. as a taxidermist mm-hmm. what do you say to someone who has never hunted never had anything stuffed mm-hmm. but see pictures on the internet of these big game hunters in africa that that shoot an elephant or a giraffe or a lion um, with these big guns or whatever. So people argue that it's a defenseless animal. Mm-hmm. It's walking around out in the, the wild. Mm-hmm. And this guy with a gun and a huge troop of people with him. Just wants to hang They go out in the jeep and the they, yeah. And then they, they just shoot the giraffe. Um. And the draft wasn't doing anything to him. You know what I mean? Like so Yeah. Are you are you about the big game hunting or are you dreaming about one day stuffing a giraffe? Uh that would be a really big project. Um <laughs> I would love to go to Africa and go hunting in Africa. Yeah. And people are very judgmental about yeah. that particular subject, you know. And it's because they don't know. So I've been looking into going to Africa for quite a few years now, talked to a bunch of different people and outfitters and so on. And all that property is privately owned. Mm-hmm. And most of it has high fences, meaning those animals can't escape. Those animals, nothing can come in. So if that animal in particular is not harvested, you need to harvest the predators. You need to harvest the antelope and the kudus and unfortunately some giraffes because those animals can't escape that area. So if one species is more than another, it could right. really affect the, 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 the property, right? Right. Nothing, is go- nothing goes to waste. All of the meat that's harvested, obviously I go to Africa and I shot a kudu, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll choose something that's not so offensive. What's a kudu? Don't choose something we don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, an antelope. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, okay. A, it's like a large species of antelope. Okay, copy that. So I shoot the kudu, and we find the kudu, and I've paid $5,500 American, which goes right back into conservation and anti-poaching in Africa, right? All that meat goes to all the less fortunate villagers all around. Nothing is wasted. We get the primo cuts. You know, we'll go back to, and they call it a brah, B-R-A-I-I is the barbecue in South Africa. Man, it, a I gotta be a honest, this sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, have the tenderloin, whatever, but nothing is wasted. And all that money goes back, like all those anti-poaching. It's not like you're going to the Serengeti Plains and just going out with machine guns. It's like you have to apply to go. You have to specifically choose the animals and pay for each of those animals harvested. I mean, I don't, I would never go shoot a lion or a leopard. Do you remember when that? No, I just, that's not me. But unfortunately, those animals do have to be controlled well, as well and that's yeah yeah you know it's yeah. there, was that, that there was that famous trophy line. in a way yeah. well, oh, that I makes mean, sense 
Well, do you remember that famous lion? Cecil the lion. Cecil, right. Okay, so I read, I did, okay. Now, okay, let's go here because Cecil was so famous. Cecil. Well, why would you shoot it except... It had a radio collar on. It had what? It had a radio collar on it. What is it? What is that? So they they, they can track tra- it they and they tra- track. They could have easily yeah. just put it in a fucking you truck. Could have shot any other lion, but you had to shoot Cecil. Oh, okay. What okay. were you thinking? That was just absolutely ridiculous. Behavior. Yeah, yeah. That was not a good situation. That kind of that kind of thing ruins it. If that if that particular mm-hmm. lion had never been shot, that whole situation probably never would have happened because it had a radio collar on it. Hmm. So why would, why? So an irresponsible idiot. Who did shoot that thing? A dentist. I can't remember his actual name. Oh, I remember that. He had to close his practice and move. Yeah, I'm going to say he's probably white. Was he white? Yes, he was a Caucasian male, approximately 50 (laughs) years old. (laughs) I don't know for sure, but yeah. Maybe we ought to stuff that guy. Maybe we should. You know. But I mean, you have to make educated decisions when you're doing things like that. Like I wouldn't go to Africa and shoot a rhinoceros. You know, I just wouldn't do that. That's well, just, I want to shoot something like, yeah, the kudu would be a trophy hunt for me, you know, but it's not like but people the animal's here, going to waste. People here are shooting a bear. Is it going to waste? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Mm-hmm. They carry parasites. So like trichinosis is one. It'll affect your liver if the meat isn't cooked properly, make you very, very sick. But they have trophies here. You know, what's the difference between a trophy here and a trophy there? There's no difference. There a trophy is a trophy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the person that's against it is against all of it. Yeah. Without, but you yeah. know what's funny? That person that's against what I say, all of it, I don't think cares one thing no, about uh, that yeah. fish on the wall. No. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure I, there's got to be some, a few few people, but yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, Africa's a tough one. That's That's the... But it's only tough because... I think we about, don't live there. It's the romance of that animal. Yeah. yeah. That we, we grew up as children, you know, I'd like looking at the watched, elephants yeah. and the giraffes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's all relative. Like your, your, your lions and your leopards are your equivalent of your wolves here. Well, when Cecil mm-hmm. was, when, when you look at it that way. Yeah. The predatory when, animal that. That's yeah. right. When sure. Cecil like if, was shot, we saw, I mean, I read an article. That said something like, you know, and obviously maybe this really doesn't have anything to do with this specific radio collared uh, lion, but <laughs> um, but it was an article from a journalist who is from Africa, somewhere in Africa, who said, you know, please understand that over here in Africa, uh, these lions are killing people every day. They're they're coming into villages and. And murdering people all the time. We we have to do something about this. It's just like our yeah, raccoons a, and other things. Them. Yeah, they have they have to be controlled. Yeah. And you know, here in Canada, uh, we've run certain things out of the way. In perhaps in Africa, it's not that simple. No, it's not. And like, there's what does Africa give to the world? Hunting, you know. That's that's a lot of income for them. That's a lot of money. If, yeah, if the tourism is, aspect of it. Yeah, and it's, you know, there's certain animals. It's called a CITES. So you're not allowed to harvest the animals. So there's CITES on giraffes now, elephants, rhinoceroses. So you're, you're not, not allowed, allowed to, to harvest this thing. In certain parts of Africa. Yeah. So there's different, it's like provinces in Canada. So you can hunt it, you can't harvest it. Harvest is that what you're hunting. saying? Well, no, you're oh, not allowed that, to hunt it at all. the same thing. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, that's okay. Um, so there are certain types of animals in certain places you're not allowed to hunt. 
So, and that's because of the population decreasing. So they're, they're, it's not like you're, it's a dirty free for all, you know, they're being very careful on what you are allowed to hunt and where you are allowed to hunt it. Like, um, Tanzania, that's really good for like the Cape Buffalo, the big nasty Buffalo, like people go up there quite a bit, but, um, Eastern Cape Kudu, they're larger up there than they are like more South, Hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. But again, you know, to each their own. Not yeah, everybody absolutely. is going to go and and spend the money to go to Africa, you know, and shoot animals there. Now, another thing you said uh, when we first spoke on the phone uh, was something like, uh, "Have you not been to a museum?" Yeah. And see, I mean, people walk <laughs> through the museum. Oh, look at yeah. look at they have no judgments. Yeah. It's just learning. And I was thinking they about don't, that, yeah. Because they don't know how it got there, and they yeah. don't even think about it. Wow. Maybe I should just tell people I work at a museum, and they might be less offended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They'll just think you're an educator. It's like going right. to Right, that's okay. <laughs> go to the butterfly conservatory. You have a bunch of butterflies flying around, and they land mm-hmm. on your arm and whatever, and it's beautiful. But yeah. then there's frames after frame of butterflies stuck with a pin yeah <laughs> yeah huh? and all kinds no, of nobody, rare insects there's no and... uproar about that oh but that's okay it was a bug it didn't have feelings <laughs> huh? it, was yeah. a, it was a living thing it was it's, it's it was. crazy I know. how much do we know as uh human beings about uh about w- what an animal's feeling and its emotions and and uh it's uh, does it fear death? Is it is it thinking anything? Do we know any of this stuff? Well, we must. We are the only humans are the only living animal in this world that knows they're going to die. Nothing mm-hmm. else does. So there's that that thriving that animals do. You know, there's research on on let's say orca whales for instance. Like they have a large large brain and there's proof that they actually do have enough cognitive ability to have emotions and feelings. For sure. But does a dog? We we think the dog does. Because like, the dog's wagging its tail. The dog's happy to see us. Yeah, we, and the dog we, gets we, a little jealous. We have consciousness know? and self-awareness. That's right. And, and whether or not the yeah. dog. Like I imagine when, when, uh, when a lion comes into the, uh, uh, the area of all the... Uh, what is it called? Coo- Kudos. 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 So, Kuduville? you know, Kuduville, it comes into Kuduville, <laughs> and of course, all the Kudos are like, which one of us is going to get fucked right now? See you. And then, yeah, and so they, <laughs> you know, but as soon as that lion uh, goes toward one of them, the, it knows it's got to run because yeah. it understands something. That's it right. understands mm-hmm. that it's about to get uh, bit, attacked, something. Yeah. Yeah, well, does it, but does it know that, that that's what it's headed for? I mean, why would it See, run? That's, that's a really good question. Why would it so, run if it didn't know? Fight or flight. So there's flight because of fear, mm-hmm. but what is it that they fear? That's a great question. That's a really good question. I wish I could answer that, but I can't. Well, fuck, Claire. <laughs> I'm what the sorry. Hell? You've had I all don't the answers up to this point. It's, <laughs> no, but it's, it's true, right? Like you're either a prey item or you're a predator. Right. So it's all instinct. I think what I would this. fear most is uh, not being able to run as fast as the rest of them. Yeah, I think I would dive into the lion. I would just, fuck. I'm going to take these horns. I'm going to get you. Yeah, I think, yeah. yeah. No, well. no, that's that's a good question. <laughs> what, what is it that they fear? Why are they running? Why are they running? If they If they weren't conscious of the fact that this lion is going to eat one of us, I mean, it could just be the same way, uh, well, I, I, yeah, I don't know, you know, a lion's going, uh, I'm going to get you, 
motherfucker. Because you know, and, the, and I I'm maybe hungry. and the kudu is just sitting there going, I think I should run. I think the way hey. this thing's looking at me. Yeah, it's a hungry lion. You know? <laughs> yeah. Shit. But it, yeah, it must know. And um, you know, obviously, human beings aren't chasing anything. We're not running after something as it's running <laughs> we could try, to try but... to fucking yeah mow it down or whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, yeah, I don't have any other question. But I think it's just... I think I think there's an argument for that as well. Like people, I've heard people argue that the deer is way over there, and you have this high-powered rifle with a scope that makes that deer look like he's ten feet from you, mm-hmm. and you pull that trigger and down he goes, or mm-hmm. you whatever. Um, people would argue that there's no sport in that, like other than yeah, that could have been a lion just as easily. Yeah, you know then, what, what makes it so. A, a, a guy I know years ago, um, went. He, it was his trip, so he's the guy. So he took a bunch of guys moose hunting with bows, and uh, they spent days and days and days out in the bush and didn't see anything. And and they were walking back to their campground where their cars were parked when this huge bull moose walked out into the fire road out of the woods and oh, just wow. stood right there. So my friend took out his arrow. It's his, it's his party. So wow. he took the bull, the yeah. bull and then it was written up in a magazine and, and the, the story of the hunt was incredible and none of it happened. Oh my. <laughs> what? I know. Hunters, li- hunters, fishermen and other liars gather here. Yeah. It's, it was so funny because yeah. what, that was the part of the heart, the, the moose heart that I ate. But the, uh, um, but the story in the magazine spoke of the hunt, how they hunted this. All the meticulousness. Yeah. That went and when in fact, uh, it, it, just, it just walked out on a fire road within a hundred yards of their cars. Anyway. <laughs> in their pajamas. Yeah. Drinking they, coffee. Well, they were just, they were leaving. They were walking out. That's crazy. Man. And, well, and luck just, is that, eh? Yeah. 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 Anyway. So how deep do you go when you go hunting? Like, uh, how long does it take? You go moose hunting, you said. I, had I a buddy used to go who, moose hunting, yeah. Well, I had a buddy who went up. Uh, well, we had a buddy, uh, Gordy, who went uh, moose hunting. And I mean, he went up for a month, no phone, no nothing, didn't find a moose. Oh, I never went that far. I think something like that. Like Huntsville. So. Is, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of moose. Yeah, yeah. Never did see one, but that's all yeah, right. I saw, I saw one run, run right out onto the road. Perfect. You yeah. Know? I was up in North Bay this past weekend and, um, there's all the signs that say you know moose crossing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it, if the lights flashing, it, they're they're around. And just I guess about a week and a half ago, from the time we're doing this podcast, a lady was killed in a car accident. She hit a moose on the yeah, highway. Yeah, like number often, eleven yeah. highway. I believe so. Where the big mm-hmm. yeah fences are. Yeah, yeah. When you go up there, yeah. Yeah. That's where I yeah I saw it too. I I remember there's a there's an area uh, going up to North Bay where you kind of come up over a big hill, and as you come down, you can see the road for. Ever. Forever, kind of. Yeah. Um, and in this moment, I actually saw the moose way, way down there. Oh, cool. And it was, and, but it was freaking, it, you know, hopped on the road and went, oh, fuck, where am I? I don't want to be a here. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slippery. And yeah. It, and, you know, and all, there's a whole bunch of cars breaking and this kind of thing. And mm. the moose just runs back off the road. Um, yeah. I don't know. Crazy. I wouldn't want to hit one of them. Oof. Oh, you know. See you later. Have you ever thought of Mm-mm. mounting a moose head? With a little squirrel, like on its antler, hanging yeah. out. Yeah, like Rocky, Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> oh, 
I just got the greatest idea ever. <laughs> I got a couple squirrels for myself. I got to do so. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And my wife, wa- my wife knows of somebody that does uh, squirrel shows. Like he makes little pan, like little what he could dioramas of of squirrels in a band or squirrels fighting, <laughs> fighting with swords. Like the California raisins, but the yeah, Ontario but squirrels. He stuffs oh the squirrels god. and he's doing all sorts of silly stuff. Oh my god! I don't know who it is. How, I'll, I'll have to ask. What her. do you do to hunt a squirrel without ruining its entirety? Oh well, so usually small. rabbits and squirrels together. You just have a shotgun with you. And you just blast it away. Yeah. I usually like to take a twenty-two with the scope, though. Makes it a little bit harder. Yeah, harder. Okay. But if you hit a, a little rabbit with a shotgun, doesn't it just obliterate? Mm, no, if you use a twenty gauge. Okay. Use. I mean, you could use a twelve with a little bit of. Did you? Did you? Did we mention we don't hunt? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That we have no idea what to shoot the rabbit yeah. with. No, you can. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot I'm of guys use just, a shotgun. Just get a bunch of C four and kaboom. Yeah. 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 Right. Blow it up. Well, it certainly would. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to skin it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like rabbits, rabbit hunting is more or less like you jump on piles of brush and the rabbit shoots out from the brush. So a shotgun's a great idea. But squirrels are really hard to hunt, believe it or not. Like when you walk in the bush, they can hear you. So they bugger off. So you yeah. can sit there, be really quiet. And that's why I like using the shot, uh, sorry, the 22 with a scope on it. Because I can be really quiet and just, you know, pick one off at a time. Yeah. And you can go pretty far distances, like 30, 40 yards. You know. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like the sh- the twenty gauge shotgun I use probably wouldn't shoot. I wouldn't try to shoot one that far away with the shotgun. I wouldn't want to injure it. Right. I, I shoot to kill, not shoot to injure. That's see, that's that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And that's you know, hmm. oh, it's a squirrel, but it's it's not. It's a living animal. It doesn't matter if I don't like them and they destroy things. Sure. You know, it's still a living creature that I don't want it to suffer. It's trying to survive the same way you are. That's right. It's my choice to walk out there and shoot at it. You know. So, and they're very delicious too, by the way. Really? Squirrel? Squirrel? I yeah. heard. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. I've only Moses ever, I've only ever heard about <laughs> the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, yeah. Squirrel? Really? Oh, eh? yeah. Man. Nothing goes to waste. I think it was Moses. Nothing okay. Okay. So I, I was going to ask that question. Mm-hmm. When you, if you hit a squirrel, do you eat it? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Squirrels, rabbits. I got to admit that yeah. I really want, I want some squirrel. Okay. I want to try this. All right. He, he'll try anything. Okay. He's a bit yeah. of a foodie that way. It's not. It just tastes like dark meat of a chicken. Also, a, a, really, that's eh? like, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Sometimes it's. I've had some squirrels that were a bit gamey, like they were like tasted like liver. Like, have you ever eaten liver or kidney? I've actually never had liver or kidney. No. No. Thank it's you. really like you can taste the iron in it, like heart muscle of a, like of a deer. It's very gamey. I could never like I would cut the heart up in little tiny pieces and make uh, steak and kidney pie. But it was steak and venison pie instead of, you know, it wasn't any. So what's the best? What tastes the best? Like my absolute favorite venison dish ever. Your absolute favorite dish, whatever it might be. Mm. Of any game. Does it have to be venison? Yeah. Uh, If I was going to die and someone said, Claire, what's your last meal? I'd say bacon wrapped smoked venison tenderloin on the barbecue. Uh Uh-uh. The Traeger. The Traeger. Really? Yep. Oh my God. I want, I just... I have never fed anybody venison that did not like it. Ever. Even yeah. anti, anti, ooh, I don't want to eat that. Oh, yeah. Why? Uh, Why? Friends of ours so. a couple of years ago had venison stew. Yeah. And they asked me, no, well, it wasn't great. Oh, no. Was it yeah. chewy? Was the meat uh, chewy? I, I don't know if it was, maybe. And I just didn't, mm. I didn't like the taste of it. it um, mm. may, yeah, maybe it was the texture, to be honest. That's yeah. true. Um and I didn't finish, but um, mm-hmm. 
But I have I've had venison in the past. I've had a lot of friends who hunted and and I liked it. I imagine now too that it's like a it's like getting a cut of steak Mm -hmm. at the butcher. You know, you're like, well, I want a ribeye because it tastes particularly nice or whatever. So uh, you said tenderloin, yeah, um, which is which is yeah, which is bomb when it comes from a cow too. Heck yeah. Um, you know, so uh, bacon, bacon wrapped. So ba- right? yeah, bacon wrapped. What kind of bacon? Just the just bacon I got from bacon? the farmer down the street. Right. Okay. I'm just, yeah, pork bacon. Regular yeah, pork. Yeah. Bacon. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's very lean. There's no fat in venison at all. So if you like, if you're, smoke- I like, I like a fat, but you know, I know it's kind of sad that there's no fat, but there isn't. That's why I put bacon on it. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> right oh, on. I always, I always do that. I always cover everything with bacon and top it off with a little bit of squirrel. Ground, ground squirrel, <laughs> ground squirrel, cream cheese with jalapenos in it, man. Oh man, yeah. I think that's the only thing I've stuffed. Yeah, is a jalapeno. Yeah, yeah. Imagine putting a little piece of venison tenderloin in that bad boy. Yeah, oh. that'd be good. right. I'm in. Wrapped in bacon. <laughs> I'm so in, man. Oh, I want to. Should have made some food and brought it here today. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah, we have like a barbecue. We're, we're also hungry now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, salmon on the Traeger is really good too. I made that the other night. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, what did I make the other salmon. night? Oh, yeah. I sent you pictures of that ham. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It was pre smoked and I smoked it for another seven hours. It was so delicious. Yeah. I yeah. I actually looked at that picture for quite did some you? time. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> there was none left. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I and want some of that. Went, then he went out for dinner. Yeah. I sat there. <laughs> but it's not on the Traeger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. really good. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. We did. Um, I did uh, mashed potatoes on the Traeger. That was really good. And uh, one day I did, mashed I did potatoes, burgers cool. and oh macaroni and cheese on the Traeger. I yes. wow. smoked it for like three hours. It was delicious. Are you mm-hmm. saying Traeger? Yeah. Traeger. Yeah. T R A E G E R. I guess. Sure. Yeah, that's the. the it's, a, it's, a, it's a type of grill. Copy Joe that. Rogan is all about this. Traeger well, no, we're as well. just we're just talking about hunting and guns, and you're putting something on a Trigger. Oh yeah, yeah. But well, right, we're gonna right. eat it, Trigger. Too. Yeah. Yum yum. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing though. You gotta like, you can't just Type cook venison like pork. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's so 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 tough if you do that. You gotta marinate it. You know. The toughest thing work. I ever ate was, uh, I believe, alligator or croc. Oh, oh fuck, I don't it remember. was tough. Like really super. Yeah, chewy? it was. Uh, I think, was it crocodile or alligator? I don't know. I don't know if there's a difference, but I have heard that there is a difference oh. uh, in the meat texture. Okay. Uh, so now I, for, I forget which one it was, but I've eaten the same thing three times. Yeah. I can't remember which one. But, was um, it good? It was good. Yeah. It was fine. It, it tasted kind of just like chicken or something, but it, but it was incredibly tough. Yeah. Like wicked hard to eat. You're sitting there just chewing and fucking chewing, chewing forever. And going, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does everything to- taste like chicken? <laughs> we can get into that. Maybe it's chicken that tastes like. We no. can. Yeah. If you have an answer, I'd I have. Like a, I have. Like, a, I have an answer so, for that. You know, yeah, if, hypothetical if it question. Like chicken, just okay. eat chicken. There yeah, are two types of muscle fibers: slow twitch and fast twitch. Just like in humans. Yeah. Athletic. So your slow twitch fibers is your white meat, okay. right? And your fast twitch fibers is your dark meat. Okay. So the reason they taste similar is because they are similar in. Um, Anatomy wise, they're similar in in what they do. So if you have a frog leg, for instance, it tastes like chicken drumstick. That's what I've heard. Frogs taste like chicken. Yeah. Yeah, I want to try one. You never had frog legs before? No. Because of the yeah. dark meat, because of the fast twitch in the in the frog leg. Yeah. 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 So what else did you just say that tastes the alligator? Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's weird. Yeah, an alligator. Fishy chicken. It's got like a. It's a, it seems Fishy like a giant chicken. lizard or a dinosaur or something. Reptilian well, meat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're eating a reptile. Yeah, but and, and the, probably but the tail. It seems so different than mm-hmm. than a little bird that runs around mm-hmm. eating corn. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what what or part green. of an alligator or a crocodile? You say the tail. Yeah, the tail. Yeah, but they're different. Like they're. How do they say that? diurnal or something so they're active during the day and they hibernate a little bit at night because they need the sun in order for their body to work properly digesting food and so on right and they they brumate all winter so maybe maybe there's something to do with the fact that you know they need the sun in order to survive whereas we create our own body heat but they can't right that might have something Mm. to do with the the difference in texture of the meat because hmm. I have, I remember I've had alligator before and it was like, it was a white meat, but it was really, really chewy. Yeah. Ju- yeah. Chewy, I guess like was the word I was like. Ch- like yeah. 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 I, I was down, squirrel. I was down in New Orleans. <laughs> uh, they give me a, a whole basket of like a deep fried type of alligator. Yeah, like or alligator bites or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. you could do, I got the first time I ever had alligator uh, was just over here in Dundas. They had a little, a little shop that would sell alligator bites, but they were. You know, they were like the size of the end of this this marker here. You know, it, it, they were really small. Okay. And, and and later on, I I when eating uh, alligator again in New Orleans, um, I realized that they probably cut it that small because of how chewy it was. <laughs> yeah, you because might in joke New on Orleans, it right? yeah, it was so yeah. big that you had like a whole piece in your mouth. You want to bite it in half, and you can't. You're like, so you stuff the whole fucking thing, and you're like. <laughs> It's like eating sushi. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting, but it did taste like chicken. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. So I heard that like years and years and years ago, like the difference between the the fast and the slow twitch fibers. Yeah, thought it was kind of interesting. Hmm. I guess there's an answer to everything, isn't there? But it's not well, like beef. Taste I like, like everyone else was gonna. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, yeah. Read, read about it. Yeah, read about it. That's yeah. cool. My information might not be 100 percent correct. I could be mixing things up but if i remember correctly the slow twitch was the white and then the fast twitch was the dark meat that makes sense right it does because of the legs the, yeah. The move, yeah the movement absolutely yeah. yeah huh so very cool yeah so what else have you eaten oh my god everything yeah i want to hear about it oh man yeah he's a bit of a foodie i mentioned yeah i've had kind of meaty i've had well let's go <clears throat> venison elk moose black bear squirrel rabbit bear. yeah uh beaver um what the fuck wild boar yeah i've had boar as well yeah. ostrich water buffalo what did i, I, what did I have buffalo. in kingston I, what I was that meat stick I, I don't know i was gonna ask you i don't remember i think it was kangaroo yeah kangaroo that's oh right. yeah i've that had was. kangaroo as well yeah that was weird though yeah that tasted that wasn't my speed okay that was a bit strange yeah, but I it was am, a meat. It was like a meat stick. I don't know. Oh. I'm sure if I had like a kangaroo steak. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think they mixed it with other stuff. You can't. It's not. Wasn't a pure kangaroo right, meat that's stick. That's true. They mixed it with something else so that there was some fat probably in there. Probably some and, pork. Yeah. Yeah. I think, to I keep think it that's all together. probably true. Yeah. 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 I'm willing to try anything once. Yeah. Same. Like I'm not really scared of of eating different. Like. If I was scared of anything, I would be scared of shooting a deer and field dressing it in the dirty wild and then hanging it in a barn and skinning it and it being dirty and then going in the back of my truck in a tarp. Dirty. You know. Hmm. But I'm fine. I'm still here. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, mm. I think that I, I have a bit of a, a fear with the organ thing. I've never really done yeah. it, but I want to. Yeah. I'm very curious about it, and that's something I would like to get into. Yeah. I mean... Liver is just... It looks mm. terrible. It's really good for you. Yes. Yes. Apparently. This is why yeah, I want to... Yeah, like, this is really why I want to be... Yeah. Yeah. Like, oftentimes when I'm eating meat, making meat sauce, I'll take, like, liver from a beef and put it into a blender and make a slurry and add that into my meat sauce. Okay, then. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I immediately regretted the decision the first time I did it because of the smell. But if you cook it for a while, it goes away. The kids loved it. Wow. Like, can I have some liver? Really? It's delicious. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so you've eaten bear Absolutely. and beaver. Yeah. That's, you know. Bear is really, really good. Really? It's delicious. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just I can't mean, eat any of the fat or any of the gristle. It's t- it's it's like bitter and... Okay. Uh, yeah. You have to go to a butcher that knows. Is a bear? Doing. I mean, a bear is a big mm. animal, but is it built? Is it is it um, made of muscle like a deer, or is it? Oh fat? yeah, yeah. It's they're very fatty. Like uh, about four or five years ago, someone sent me a picture, and the deer or the bear they'd shot, there was this much fat. Oh wow! Really? And yeah. it's not good. Well, they're going into hibernation, so they need to be all fatty. They need that. Uh, but we fuel. need to cut the fat away. And then you don't have any fat with a bear and you have to make sure it's properly cooked. Like well done. Like I'll eat venison medium rare. No problem. But I would never do that with a bear because of the trigonosis. Mm. The what? Trigonosis. Which is? A parasite. Copy. Yeah. Stephen Ronella got really sick with that. I think it was either him or some of his friends that ate it. I'm almost certain that he had talked about getting really sick with it because they didn't, they didn't make sure that the bear was, was well done. Yeah. Really, really not a good thing. Very interesting. But that's the only thing about bear meat that you got to watch because they're omnivores, right? So if any, any carnivore, you're going to be more susceptible to be getting parasites from them. I know, um, Grizzly bears out west, they have some sort of worm that actually resides in the muscle, so oftentimes you can't even eat the meat at all. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, so that's, you know. Now are bears being hunted as as uh, for sport more often than they are for protection or anything like that? I would say it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, yeah. grizzly populations just decimate calf populations for moose and, and, uh, and elk. Oh, that's so, sad. Yeah. They, they'll they follow the herds and just kill them. I think... Um, well, that's kind of their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if there's too many, like I said, if there's too many predators, you know, yeah, then we're going to have a big decline in, in prey items. And then, you know, it, it, it seems to be a bit of a cycle. Like, since I've been hunting, you know, one year I won't see any coyotes. The next year I'll see a couple. And the next year I'll see more. Or I'll see more raccoons. And it's like the predators increase to a point where there's so many, they start getting mange and parvo and distemper. And then they start eating way too many prey items. And then the, the population of the deer or whatever decreases. It's just like the cycle that keeps going up and down. And so, yeah, we don't want to see an animal get extinct, even if it's a predator of sorts. We need them. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So so this is all very carefully looked after, there's a I balance, imagine. Yeah. Like there's a few groups of guys that hunt coyotes around me. Like sometimes they're shooting 50, 60 in a year. Wow. I mean, and it's open season on coyotes, right? Like in 365 days a year in yeah. our area. And like, is, there's a lot of them. Is that why? Oh, there's all just kinds. so many. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of them. It's crazy. Yeah. We camp near here. Um, 
we have a motorhome in a park and every single night we you can hear, hear the coyotes and then every once in a while they get something that uh, you know eh? they start screaming yeah yeah we've yeah. we've heard dogs in the park get get attacked by them oh, oh gosh yeah. oh you can hear it it's, yeah it's horrifying there was, uh, yeah it's sad stuff there was a show i was watching and it was about this coyote that lived in the gta there's this gully in the middle of the GTA and they went in the burrow of this thing, this den, and they found all these cat toys, dog toys, collars, all sorts of things. So it's picking off people's pets, wow. stealing I mean, their toys. I mean, like, when, when a predator... Uh, like, why is it still here? Wow. Stop the coyote. It's eating my dog. But but people are only... I mean, the dog gets uh, killed by a coyote, but it's... Uh, I mean, it's the same. It's the same shit, really, isn't it? Except that you're emotionally, uh, you're just emotionally attached to it. Mm -hmm. It's the same way as like you watch news and you just kind of go, "Oh no, a whole bunch of people killed in such and such city far away. Oh, that's too bad." And then you go eat lunch and forget about it. Right. But if it's your own family member or it's somebody close to you, it's a different ball game. Oh, for sure. You know. Yep. You know the co- yeah the coyote knows no different. Neither does the dog. No. There's no difference between the dog getting killed and there's a little deer. Mm-hmm. running away they don't know the difference you know praise pray right yeah interesting yeah yeah just lucky we don't have wolf packs around here i'm thankful for that humans are fucking with everything aren't they we don't Pretty have much. we don't have wolf packs no like so any wolf that we see is kind of lone i would say so yeah huh. yeah yeah like interesting yeah, we don't hmm. we don't see that like there used to be rumors around our area that there was a pack of wolves that lived along the lake and my dad said one day he did see one, but I've never seen anything like that. And I have trail cameras all over the property. So, and you'd think that eventually after having trail cameras out there for eight years, I'd catch something somewhere. Sure. Even in the remote areas, you know, the ones that send the pictures to your cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Put that in the very back of the property and then you're never there. So if you do have a large animal that you're keeping an eye on, a deer specifically, you're not disturbing their, their environment. So they're more likely to be there when you go sit out there to go hunt them. So, so are you aware of what is, what you're hunting? You know, it's already there. I mean, you might go out and see, obviously you discover a deer or something, but you, are you aware of what's in your yard? Generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hmm. the way the property is, uh, there's no, there's no resident bucks. So some people have the the luxury of having these animals that just live on their property all the time. They never leave. My property is more like a junction, so they come through. So more often than not, I've never seen the buck on the trail camera that I've shot. Ever. And sometimes I do. Really? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Interesting. Like, I shot a couple deer over the past few years that had really bizarre looking antlers. So I knew that that particular deer was the same one on the trail camera. And I ended okay. up connecting with it and, and harvesting the animal. But that, mm. doesn't happen, hap, that doesn't happen often for me. It's not like I'm watching them grow every year and saying, oh, this, is, this deer is this deer. I've named it now and I've watched it grow for five years. And I think now that the antlers are large enough, I'm going to harvest it. Okay. That's not how it works for me. If it's brown, it's down. I don't care what's on its head. Yeah, I just shoot for meat first two deer i see every year i don't care what they look like well this year obviously you have to have antlered deer because of my licensing and stuff but right mm-hmm. if it's brown it's down if it flies it dies if it's brown it's down <laughs> <laughs> fascinating we love bird hunting now well now that with the dog right it's super fun it huh. must be really difficult to uh do you call it taxidermy if a bird is that yeah. what, what do you call it taxidermy oh that's taxidermy what you, so I, when you when you, I'm a, I'm going to taxidermy my this bird. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So you get a little finch. Oh, that's illegal. Oh, okay. No <laughs> finches, everybody. Let's talk about a pheasant. Okay, okay. That's totally legal. <laughs> so a pheasant, but it's not so tiny. It's no. still a fairly large bird. Yeah. But when you do that, you you clean it out of all its bones and everything too, and the skull too, right? Sometimes you leave the skull. It depends on the bird. So, I was because I was going to say that's got to be awfully difficult. Yeah. Ducks. Uh, I found it a few ducks, and basically you just want to like remove all the. F- they're quite fatty on the skin, so you have to take a pair of scissors and Duck I actually is tasty. You know what? I don't really like it. Really? Yeah. But he, I haven't ever cooked it for myself. He loves oh, it. I love it. So if I, I mean, I'm sure if I made it now, <clears throat> it might not be so bad. You know. Yeah. But I'm not really a duck hunter. Right. I right. will be now, hopefully, with my little pepperoni. She can go. Go get my ducks for me. Ah, of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. Well, she got her Water Dog Junior title. We'll have to talk close. about her shortly, too. But, <gasps> yeah, let's but yeah. Um, okay, got distracted. No, that's all right. Uh, what, what, what did we just say? Oh, oh about the, birds, the about bird birds mounting, and ducks yeah. and stuff. So you have to clean clean all the fat and stuff off of, off of the underside of the skin. Every feather is connected by this little tiny ligament. It almost looks like 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 a crossword all under the skin it's very very interesting oh wow they're all attached so you know you see the bird fluff up it's kind of fluffing all that up and the 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 feathers are coming up you don't want to ever destroy those because when you put everything back together you actually have to track the feathers they're all on those lines so you take a very small needle tool and you track every feather yeah because they're all layers and Uh, if they're not holy fuck i should have brought one of my you know i was like oh i should bring the widgeon with me and just plop it right here and we could have what's a widgeon a widgeon's a duck, a species of duck. Copy. I, I, yeah. Okay. I, just hearing that, if I be, ever become a taxidermist, I'm not doing ducks. <laughs> yeah. Everything's monotonous. difficult. In wow. Itself. Yeah. That's got yeah. it. That's time consuming. What do you do with the beak? Well, the ducks, you skin around the beak and then okay. you get an artificial head that's that's been cast. Okay. So you take your measurements of the head of the duck and try to try to measure it up as, as accordingly as you can. And then you take, when you're putting the the fake head with like back into the skin you have to super glue the feathers on the edge of the beak so you have to you have to paint the beak the color it all comes it's just all white mm-hmm. you have to make your neck hmm. so you get a piece of wire like the same method of making a tail it's the same method you just wrap it so you take a measurement from the circumference of the neck and you make it the same and then the body of the bird, there are certain areas like where the wings connect into the carcass or where the legs connect into the carcass. You have to measure the carcass of the bird and then purchase a form relative to the same size. But you're making your own neck. And then the feet you paint, you use the same feet. You can so use there's, artificial. There's a lot of artwork to this. There's yeah, a lot. it's, it's yeah. not just... To get the right color. And slapping things together. Yeah. Wow. Well, then yeah. there's the people doing wings out like this. And... They're all like... Let's say I was a bird. I would have a wire all the way to the end of my wing. Right. So I could I could do it so it's like back or maybe it's flying or maybe it's bringing it forward and preening itself. Or playing in a band. Yeah. Or it's grabbing under the edge of a cliff and looking down. I'm a badass Like tech. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, yeah, there's there's so many methods to, to doing taxidermy. And, you know, I'm sure there's so many different ways of getting there, but we always have the the same end result so right yeah that's it's fascinating i really like i'm a little bit biased i think it's absolutely fantastic you know 
every time someone brings another animal and I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like, I'm so lucky I get to do this. Well, you're only biased because of what you've learned and educating yourself. Yeah. In, yeah. You know. And I mean, it's, it's so nice to like step back and see that creation on the wall, you know, and then they go home and then they're so excited and they send you pictures and then all their kids are around it. And you're like, wow, I've, I've offended everybody today. Haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Right. Kids love it. Yeah. I love when kids come to the studio because I have, well, I have Pepper the parrot up there now. So my 41-year-old yellow naped Amazon rescue parrot Pepper, and he talks up a storm. I Did you hear him? Yeah, just, yeah. I, yeah, I remember. You you actually said that on the phone. You were like, sorry about this is my bird. And I did see the green, beautiful uh, bird that, that he is. Yeah. yeah. And he's uh, 40, how old is he? He's 41. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he might live another 40 or 50 years. Really? Like he may outlive me. Wow. It's scary. And he's vicious, so I can't really give him away. <laughs> he doesn't like anybody, really. Loves to talk and get the attention, but if you walked up and tried to touch him, he'd try to eat your finger. Yeah. He likes me wow. and he likes my boyfriend, Rob. That's about it. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. But no one else. Who he's familiar with. Yeah. 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 It took about a year for him to be completely rehabbed. Like he would, he actually like, I remember like opening up the cage one day and just like went right for the face, just attacked. He was on the floor in the living room and I'm like, how am I going to get him back in the cage? So I, like he walked over to me like, you know. I picked, tried to pick him up and he was ended up like hanging off my hand and I just threw him in the cage. Oh my gosh. Now how big is he? Uh, size of a football. Okay. Size of a jalapeno chicken. That's what we call him. Yeah. He's our fat jalapeno chicken because he's, he's green and spicy. <laughs> so you rescued him from where? A friend of mine actually became ill and had no, she couldn't care for him anymore. But she had him as a pet? Yeah. From the from beginning? Oh, Actually, she had him for 30 years. Okay. And then his his first owner's name was Bev. So he goes, Bev. You'll hear him like, who's Bev? But that was his first <laughs> owner. So so his first owner was a That's gentleman. Cool. And then his second owner was a woman for 30 years. And then now he's with us. So. My God. But he's, yeah. but he's, like you said, he's only, he's nice to you and your boyfriend. Yeah. But. It's not because he was hurt in any way or... No, we're just... They bond to you like you're their monogamous mate for life. Oh, I see. So when he, when you come up to the studio and he sees you, he's like, oh, the competition. So that's why he... Like, even on the phone, I'm, I'm verbally speaking, which is how they communicate. So if I'm not talking to him and I'm talking on the phone, he's feeling left out. So then he starts, you know, making all this noise and then eventually he'll start saying, come on, Pepper, come on, Pepper. And I open up the cage and he practically jumps on my hand because he wants me to take him out. So he tells me when he wants to come out. Oh, yeah. That's fascinating. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. They train like parrots train humans. Just like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I guess dogs yeah. do that too. And yeah, yeah. You know. He's funny. Like he, I moved him out to the studio probably three or four months ago now. He was in the house for quite a while. Um, cause we were renovating the studio or trying to get it all set up and stuff. And, you know, climate control is important for tropical animals, right? So, sure. um, he came out there and he's just blossomed. He loves it. He loves it. It's so awesome to see him doing well. Cause a lot of times they'll die. Like if they get separated from their owners from, from a long-term, yeah, you know, yeah, from a long-term relationship. Lonely yeah. is heartbreaks. Exactly. Because they, in their own mind, they're supposed to be with you for life. Now, see, you know, this goes back to Andrew's question a while back about how do the bird feels? Does the bird yeah. know? I don't think birds should be pets at all. Like, I think people should not have them. Like, that bird needs so much mental stimulation. And if I didn't work from home, he'd get none. 
you know, mm. like I'm not always home, obviously mm. I'm shoeing horses and stuff, sure. but he, I can go every night out to the studio and, and do something and then he's not alone. But if they're left alone, like they'll start plucking their feathers out and all sorts of weird behavioral issues. I mean, the fact is animals are really wow. not supposed to be domesticated. No. You know, no, no matter what they are, really. I mean, uh, dogs and cats, it, I don't know. I don't really don't know the history of it, but I imagine they were domesticated and, and bred specifically to yeah. be domesticated. To I don't know. I don't know. I believe like the the dog, the origin of the dog was more or less like, you know, us way, way long ago starting to feed them because they gave us protection from other wild animals, like other wolves. Yeah, makes makes mm. absolute sense. You know, and then from there, people started, like every every dog in the world has wolf DNA. So they're all derived from that. But how we came up with a Weimaraner or, or a, a Yorkie. Yeah. Where, like, how, how, how are these two dogs related? They look nothing alike. Mm-hmm. Not even remotely the same size, you know? Well, you could say that about a couple of humans, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. You know? I know. <laughs> Imagine if we all look the same. How freaky would that be? Yeah, well, we're get, we'll get there someday. I, yeah, I think no. we're, we're going to get there. When the aliens come. They're always talking about that on the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know what you got to do is stuff an alien. That would be... That's a new ball Just game a right second. There. Can you imagine the guy at the other end of the phone when you order that piece of uh, styrofoam? I need an yeah. alien form. What? We don't carry it. Damn it. I'm going to have to make my own. Here yeah. are the measurements. Yeah. Yeah. It's Darn. A big project, but worth it. <laughs> yeah. How big would an alien really be? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's it's freaky, though. Do you ever listen to podcasts where they talk about UFOs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? I yeah. guess. You know, we're, yeah. we're doing one right now. Yeah, there we go. Let's, well, you, you let's talk it about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, my one of my friends was telling me about all these hundreds of galaxies that they've just recently discovered through Na, Na, uh, whatever NASA. Yeah, NASA yeah. yeah. I almost said NAVDA. I'm used to saying that. That's the North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association. Ah, yeah, that, they probably didn't so, find this. No, NASA, not NAVDA. <laughs> NASA. And she showed me all these pictures. So there's like all these hundreds of galaxies just like ours. And I'm starting to think like, are we a TV show? Oh, really? Are we really a TV show? Think about that every day. You know, it's freaky. No, like the aliens, you know, sent us here. Yeah, like how long will it take Homo sapiens to ruin planet Earth? We're some kid's project somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. No, you don't, do you? But who knows? We're doing a good job ruining the Earth, though, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty arrogant of human beings to believe that we're alone. Oh, for sure. For sure. Isn't that the craziest thing, though, when you think about it? Yeah, it Aliens, is. Like, yeah, it is. Just think of this: the the hunting opportunities that are opening up. Yeah, <laughs> for humans. <laughs> well, you, you got to imagine too that, that uh, on an on a planet somewhere where there might be an alien, an alien species similar to ours, and that it's got some kind of conscious mind or whatever it's got, that yeah. they have their own hunt. They got their own predators and their own. I wonder if they have paper tags you print you off know. the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why they don't hunt here because they don't want to do that. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. What yeah. happened to the plastic day? They got ridiculous rules down there Dang on it. Earth. Why don't they figure out something biodegradable? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they don't. Like you could make it out of mushroom mycelium and it would totally biodegrade. Hmm. All natural. It could. Well, I don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Yeah, because it costs money. The mushroom, ah. the mycelium is a whole other podcast. Oh, yeah. You should really try to get Paul Stamets on your podcast. Who's uh, who's Paul? 
He's like the most amazing mycologist in the entire world. And where is he? Is he is he local? He's in Washington, I think. Okay, we'll go. Yeah, yeah. He's the reason I started listening to podcasts. I started really? listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. That rings a bell. Oh, is and, he? Is uh, he the fellow with the hat? Yes. Yeah, he's the fellow awesome. With the um, with starts the mushroom with the G. cap of sorts. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah, that, really. yeah, he is. That was very cool. Uh, episode of Rogan to watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I must have watched it ten times. I'll oh, listen wow. to it over and over again. It's just so much. You know, people. You know, judge on hunting and everything else, but like, why aren't you looking into that? Mm-hmm. Is it because pharma can't patent it because it's a natural thing that grows in nature? You know, I legitimately think I had a horseshoeing client dump me because I brought that up and they worked for a pharma company. Oh wow. Really? Like what if psilocybin mushrooms could stop addiction? Completely stop addiction. It's coming. What I if what I if turkey mushrooms happening. really can cure cancer? Yeah. You know? My youngest daughter studies uh psychedelics. Yeah. Oh, does she really? Yeah, yeah oh yeah. She's that been to Peru not... and she's spent time doing ayahuasca and San That's Pedro. right. I remember I listened to the last podcast you did and I was like, Wow, that must have been some trippy shit. Yeah. 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 And yeah. she and she talks about the mycelium and what mushrooms can do and the communication in a forest, it's incredible. Right? Like every step you take, what is it, 400 miles or 400 kilometers of mycelium's yeah. under each it's, footstep you take? It's insane. Fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. The trees can communicate with other trees across the forest because of mycelium under the ground. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's, and I, I mean, they've, it was, I think it was on that episode of Rogan where he talks about the, you know, how monkeys are, are using tools now and how they talk about the stoned ape hypothesis well how yeah how how there's there's apes in one part of the world uh that figured something out and then on the other side of the world suddenly they're doing it too oh right so there's apes and uh, i wish i knew a little more about all this but um there's apes in you know south america or whatever that are that started using tools to do a particular task and then on literally on the other side of the world, overseas, cross land, where we assume monkeys can't go communicating with the other ones to mm-hmm. tell them, hey, guys, we, we're doing this now. You should try it. Uh, but there, but for some reason on the other side of the world, they started doing it at the exact same time. And, um, you know, there's a theory that uh, the mushrooms and uh, the mushroom underneath uh, our land or whatever, however that works uh, is what's uh, traveling that communication. Interesting. I love that. Unless yeah. I'm fucking crazy, but I'm pretty sure that's something, You're something not like crazy. that. No, it, it's, it's, like it's that. a fascinating study. The mycelium and the communication yeah. between plants is absolutely mind-bending. It uh, really is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they, they say that plants can communicate through the because they're all connected and the rooting and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I imagine with, uh, with mushroom... Uh, or the fungi thing being, you know, the majority of the Earth's like core or whatever. Yeah. Every, they're everywhere. You know, it, yeah, they got to be able to communicate, right? Reminds me of that movie it's Avatar. Wild. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. You guys ever seen that movie? Oh yeah. Where yeah. they're under the tree and yeah, you know cool the whole movie. entire forest is just boom, boom, and that white light just starts. Yeah, yeah. yeah is that what right. happens when we walk on on the ground? Is that what happens? Are we telling the mycelium something? I totally imagine that there you is know? some kind of yeah something going it's on. Fascinating. It's mind-boggling. Like that there's is. no there's no real definitive answers to this. That's why you should spend time outdoors with bare feet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
grounding. Let it let it come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love being outside. That's right. Like wandering through the woods and like one of my favorite things to do, well, because of Adley too, obviously, we go out a lot on, on a lot of walks and stuff is, is identifying trees and, and fungi now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I'm really bad at that. Got to learn though. Andrew's a fun guy. Fun guy or a fun guy? I'm a little bit of both. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk about Adley. Look at sure. her wagging her tail Adley. over there. Hi, Adley. Aww. girl. She's a Weimaraner. She's a Weimaraner. Yeah. Weimaraner. She's almost 15 months old. Yeah. She came from a breeder, Waypoint Weimaraners. Okay. Yeah. She, uh, she's got three titles now. She's got her Field Dog Junior and her Water Dog Junior, which is both through the Canadian Kennel Club. And she got her natural ability through the North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association. Nice. So, yeah, she's... Uh, and how far along is she in these uh, lessons? She's so with, but like through NAVDA, there's two, there's two tests. There's natural ability. And she's that, 15 months. You said, yeah, she's okay. 15 months. So she did her natural ability at a year and there's an age limit. I believe it's 18 months. So after 18 months, the dog is too old to do the natural ability. So for natural ability, what they're doing is they're looking at the breeding and her, her, her instinct. Yeah. So we'll, we'll go out and there's a field portion. So when we go out to the field, the judges, we walk with the judges and what the judges are looking for is drive and control and range and pace. So the dog should cover, like when my dog goes out, I give her the instruction, hunt him up and I tap her and she's off and she'll cover the entire field looking for birds. And then we'll go into another field. And once she gets that scent, she'll stick her head up in the air. And she'll start wagging her tail and boom, she's pointing like a statue. Fascinating. Yep. So the human then walks up because the dog should still be on point and not jumping on birds, which she started to do because she's crazy like that. <laughs> Flush the bird. Bird goes up, bang. And then the bird goes, you know, dies. And then the dog goes and retrieves the bird. But uh, she uh, she did a really good job at her natural ability. She ended up bringing back four birds that were not shot. They don't shoot birds over the junior test. So the dog, like the birds fly up and they fly off and she was gone. Like I thought I'd failed because the dog just kept buggering off, but she'd keep bringing back these damn birds. I thought, oh my God, Adley. Anyways, um, so we did the field portion and then there's a swimming portion. So the dog has to successfully go into the water with no hesitation twice. So basically I just throw the bumper, she goes in, retrieves it, comes back, throw it again, goes, retrieves, comes back. And then there's a tracking aspect. So they take a pheasant and they kind of like chase it through the grass and the dog actually has to put its nose down and make a forward progression to track the scent of the bird that's moving through the grass. And that's the natural ability test. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Look at wow. her. She knows you're talking about yeah. her. We're talking about birds. Hey, sweetie. Look at those eyes. We're talking about birds. Yeah, she's birds. beautiful. She is. Yeah, and she actually got a perfect score of 112 at her natural ability test. Sweet. Wow. I've never oh. gotten that. Oh. <laughs> Nor <laughs> My dog has, but I haven't. Yeah, and then Field Dog Junior, we did that a couple weeks prior to our natural ability, which basically is just a field portion of the natural ability test as all that is. They're just looking to see that the dog is ranging and then pointing and, and holding point because essentially 
for safety reasons, I mean, some people don't do this, but the dog should be steady to fall, which means when the bird flies up, that's called the flush. And then you shoot and then the falls when the bird's been shot and is now expired and is now dead in the grass. Now I can send my dog to fetch that bird because the dog should never be in front of the guns going off. Of course oh, not. Sure. Oh, sure. Of course. Right. So, I mean, she's not steady enough for that now. We're working on that. So your question of the next the next step in her training is to steady her at woe. So she's steady. The gunshots like she was like she can she'll woe. I can fetch all day long with her. But as soon as she hears a gunshot go off, it's game over. She knows what that means. She knows that there's a bird to retrieve a prize. And for her, that's like the ultimate. Like she'd rather go retrieve a bird than have a cookie. Mm. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah, this, like she's super calm and super quiet, but man, you put her in a field and don't let her calm demeanor fool you. Like she's That's she's a hunting neat. machine. She's on. Yeah. So why this dog? Why, why this, this breed? particular breed? Yeah. I saw this breed of dog, and I just fell in love with it. And I thought, what a beautiful animal that is. And I knew the breeder for such a long time that I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want another rescue animal. I didn't want anyone else's baggage. I wanted, and I, I mean, I've done my fair share of rescuing, you know, and I will say that, yeah, rescue dogs definitely need homes too. But if you're going to buy a dog and you're going to do something specific with it, find a good breeder, talk to the breeder, make sure you get breeder support. And like, that's probably the main reason I went with my breeder because I knew no matter what, I can call Sue or Fred anytime I'm having a problem with this. Sue's our mutual friend. Yeah. And they're legitimate breeders, though. Oh, unlike gosh. other people that call themselves breeders. Yes, yes. Like what they have done, it's they've created the perfect Weimaraner. Yeah. I mean, really? there's a lot of other breeders out there that have as well, but I'm lucky enough that you know they were accessible, mm -hmm. they were kind, they were inviting, they educated me prior to purchasing the dog because they did not want to set me or the dog up for failure. Sure. Like you have to go on a waiting list. You go through, like, even though I knew them, I still had to go through the interviewing process once I was on the actual list, like legitimately on the list for a puppy. Yeah. Okay. You know, even though they know me, they know my lifestyle. They've known me for nine years. You know, I'm active. I hunt. I, I, I run. I, I walk. I do everything. I take the dog everywhere. I'm a good trainer. I don't let my dog jump up on furniture or people. They knew that the dog would have a great home, but great. I still had to go through all the motions because hmm. that's, they're just, they're like that. They want to make sure they're not, they're not sugarcoating anything. They're like, this is how it is. If you can't abide by this, you should not have this dog. Like Makes you need sense. to go yeah. like no couch potatoes, please. You need to go and physically do 30 minutes of activity with them, with their dogs. And if you can't do it, sorry. Right on. That's like cool. if you said, if, Hey, Andrew. You want a puppy? Yeah. All right. You got to come out and we got to make sure that you can actually handle the dog, which is sure. good because, you know, so many dogs go to places and they just. Well, it's similar to like what you're saying about a dog, uh, about a bird. It, yeah. You know, I think maybe a bird is more extreme, in, uh, but it's the same idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you want to give the dog the life it's meant to have and yeah. not screw it up mentally. And Exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, she's doing pretty good. It's really exciting. It's a new thing for me. You know, I've been around horses for 30 something years and uh, this is my very first dog, like my performance dog anyway. Like, you know, I have the farm dog or whatever, but sure. like I really want to get her to utility, which is the big test. 
That's a hard one. Like four What's or five-year-old dogs are on that Utility? one. Utility? Yeah. So the dog is required to hunt for 45 minutes nonstop in a field. Just nonstop. It ha- like it has to maintain drive and pace for 45 minutes. Wow. And then the duck, the duck search. So if I, it's like 10 or 15 minutes. So a duck is hidden in a marsh somewhere. Usually like it's, it's in a bag so it can't get away. Okay. But you can, you know, the planters know where it is. So you can go retrieve the bird if the dog doesn't actually find it. Right. They're not required to actually find the bird in the search. But when you send that dog to search, that dog searches for 10 minutes nonstop. It doesn't come back to you and check in. It's searching for that bird. Oh, wow. And then they're steady at the blind. So you, you, you woe your dog at a blind and you walk away and you leave that dog and that dog stands there not moving an inch. Bang, bang, splash, splash. That dog's still sitting there. Until he's called. Until you come back and then you're shooting the gun again and then you send the dog. Like that kind of training is wow. way above and beyond anything I ever Wow. Knew about in my life. Yeah. And you're going to get there someday I hope so. with Adley. That's great. That's awesome. She has the ability to do it. You know, it's just, it's just time. Now is her breed a particular type of breed compared to other hunting dogs that, that, uh, make her unique? She would be considered a versatile hunting dog. So she could point, she okay. can go and she can retrieve ducks. She, in theory, should be able to use her nose and, and track it wounded or, or down animals. Uh, there's a lot of other breeds that are like that too, like German Shorthair Pointers, there's Deutsch Dratars, Vishlas, German Wirehairs, uh, Musteranders. And each one has their own sort of specialization? Yeah. Okay. Basically all those breeds specifically should be able to do everything a Weimariner can do because okay. they're all bred to be versatile. Whereas like, let's say you have a lab. I'm not saying a lab cannot track a deer. All I'm saying is by trade and stereotyping the dog, they're a retrieving breed. So they would be used for duck hunting. So most people with, you know, that use dogs for duck hunting, they don't have a lime. They have a lab. Hmm. You know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, everybody's dogs are bred for different things. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I really do love the NAVDA thing and the CKC thing because you can do all sorts of different activities. Like water dog was so much fun. Like we had this thing called a zinger winger. And basically it's like a, <laughs> you know, it's so awesome. It's a, we call it the duckapult. So it's like a catapult. You put, oh, okay. you put the, the, we don't use live birds for this. We're right. cruel. We use dead ones. You put it in and you, it goes quack, 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 quack. And then you press a button and it flings the duck in the air and bang with the friggin' starter pistol splash. And the dog's just going crazy because it wants to get that duck. Eh? Right. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. So you hide in the bushes and, and help with the training. It's really cool. Why does yeah. a dog want the duck so bad? You said a duck over a cookie. Why? Just her, she's a natural retriever. Right. Okay. Like that's, in her brain, that's what she wants to do. She wants to work. She Like, I'll let her loose. Let's say there was a hundred people in a field. She would not go up to any single person. She'd be, she'd be looking for birds. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anything else? Do dogs have anything to do with any other type of species? What do you mean? Like you're hunt, you're hunting birds, yeah. and that's what uh, Adley's for. Yeah, um, and tracking. Is there any reason to have a dog for any other? Yeah, right. Tracking, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tracking deer. Yeah. And so 
like some people use dogs for cold tracking. So for instance, uh, coyote hunting. So if you're using dogs, you'd send the dog like your, I'm not really sure what breeds people use, blue tick hounds or whatever. It's not my my expertise by any means, but they send the dog out cold tracking. So they find the scent of the coyote and they have a GPS collar on so they can always see where the dog is and the dog will corner the coyote, right? Start, oh, wow. Like uh, bawling, like, arr, arr, arr. so you know that the dog is connected with the animal. Like they're near it. And wow. Yeah. Yeah. So oh they my. do block hunting for coyotes a lot in the countryside. So like, let's say you have 20 concessions of property you're allowed to hunt, which would be obviously a lot. Sure. One guy, let's say one guy's on the West side and everybody's facing North or South shooting North or South. So nobody's shooting directly okay. at anybody. Okay. You know, so the dogs are being sent East to West. So the wind is blowing into their faces. So they're going to catch the scent of like, this is all planned, obviously. So the, the, the dog catches the scent of the coyotes with the GPS collar. So they all know where the dogs are. And if the dog stops, they can tell that the dog is not moving anymore. So they know that it's found something. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I could use the same GPS collar on Adley. If we were up North, let's say we were grouse hunting, which is another type of um, game bird. If I send my dog out to find birds and she stops, I know she's on point because of what the caller is telling me. So then I find the dog and then right. I can access whatever animal she has indicated to me that she has found. So and you're just looking at your phone. Pretty much. See. And you can see like they'll, they'll station themselves so they can see the animals running. Right. What, so, do you, what, what, do, what do you mean? So the dogs will chase the coyotes too. I see. So they'll okay. be able to see the coyote and a lot of times they'll be, you know, right. they can see the open fields and stuff. Now does he, now, uh, do, do these dogs get taught for different scents? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like for sure. specific to a deer and then specific yeah. to a coyote, yeah. this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're, so let's talk about blood tracking. Cause I know a little bit more about that. I can, I can tell you a little bit more information about that. So any game animal that you're tracking is the the stuff you should be using. So if I'm tracking bear, I should be using bear blood. So my dog knows that that's an animal that we should be tracking. But you need to train your dog on all of those scents. So it, yeah, it needs to be introduced to the dog prior. That's right. And but the dog can have various. Uh, uh, it can be familiar with various species for sure. Yeah. And then, and then just sort of go as, as you, uh, introduce a new blood, uh, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So like in Europe, for instance, um, a friend of mine, she breeds wimes and wired haired dash hounds there. And she uses her little well, wired haired dash hounds are also called teckles and they are amazing little tracking dogs and her little okay. pepperoni. She's found all kinds of things. Like she sent me a picture of this dog with a moose. Really? Yeah. A moose that she was unaware of. Well, she tracked it. She found a dead moose. This little dog, the size of your dog. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wild boars, bears. I remember Annalene telling me a story. She was out for a walk. And she breeds wimes as well. And uh, I met her in May, actually. I went to Michigan for, for a training clinic up there. Training clinic, sorry. And um, she was telling me she was walking her dogs, and she came across a caribou carcass or something like that. Hmm. And this big grizzly bear stands up. Oh, and this woman is six feet tall, you know, like, so the dogs leave her, run on the opposite side of that bear, start barking. So the bear turns and she says, my German ass has never run so fast. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
So those dogs totally save. Dog their knows ass. what to do in this yeah. Yeah. situation. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. How often is a dog capped by another hunter accidentally? Has so, something like that happened? I hear, you know, this and that, but like I imagine like a shotgun situation. I, I know everyone's trained and all that, but I imagine in a hunting world too, it's sometimes you lose yourself or you've done it so often yeah. you kinda you hear stories, come right? Complacent or something. Yeah, people something. get lazy. Well, like if you're hunting with the dog, let's say the dog's not steady to fall, right? Should I take her little chewy away? She's nope. making quite a bit of noise. Okay. Everybody oh, knows the puppy's there chewing. Yeah, that's at right. least. Oh, she's, she's having a chew on her choochie, <laughs> keeping her nice and calm. She's a good girl. Um, but the, sorry, now I lost my train of thought again. Um, uh, dogs being maybe shot. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So like, let's say for instance, you're, you're hunting with someone like you're not going to shoot unless you're right. If you like, all you see is blue. Mm -hmm. If your gun's like this, right. Like you, you have to know what's beyond what you're yeah. shooting. Yeah, I mean, uh, prove you it. Know, the, the, you have uh, to prove where you're shooting. Hundred percent. Firearm yeah, safety. Yeah. No, hundred hundred percent. But you know, but mistakes are made. Shit happens. Oh yeah. One of my horse hunting clients told me that his some his next door neighbor he had a setter, like an English setter or something, cocker spaniel thing. I don't know. It was probably a forty pound dog, and it was it was brown and it was white, and it had that like, you know, that wavy fur. Okay. You know, like the long ears, yeah, that yeah. kind of breed. Mm -hmm. That's what it looked like anyway. So he says, Claire, someone shot my dog. The neighbor shot my dog at 700 yards and thought it was a coyote. I said, what? How is that even possible? Yeah, How is that person like, you shouldn't have a gun, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's, there's something yeah. wrong there. Like, I've, I've only been in that situation once in my life. I was at my farm. The next door neighbor had a husky. And this husky, his name was Tito, and he would always escape. And I, I was walking. It was so weird. I was walking to the back of the farm. I had my two forty-three rifle in my hand because sometimes I just walk. Mm -hmm. Like I would just walk with a gun. I don't walk my dog without a gun with me now because I'm worried one day, like if she was in heat or something, coyotes smell that. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. She's not afraid of guns, but they will be. You know? Sure. Okay. But um, so I'm walking to the back of the property and I just see this whoosh across the driveway and it looked like it was like a, it was like a gray, hairy thing. And I thought it was a coyote. So I ran down the driveway, I throw the clip in, you know, and I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. And I get the gun up and the dog turned and I could see where the collar had been rubbing its neck. And that's the only reason that dog is not dead. Well, wow. So yeah, well, that dog had no collar on. That dog looked like a coyote. Absolutely. But, Man. you know, so you always <clears> have to make sure, you know, like you can't like, I remember like walking her, you can't, you can just barely see her in the field at a distance. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I wear a vest on her in the wintertime or hunting season, just to, like a really thin orange, yeah. bright. I guess that's, orange, that's you know? kind of what makes, I was thinking when I asked the question. Sense. Like, uh, uh, you know, yeah. you would just mistakenly either not see it. Or you just don't know what it is, or it's yeah. uh, through all this bush, you know? Yeah, and it's like, I don't know. who's shooting through the bush? Like, well, fuck, I don't anytime know. I ever See, shoot I something, anything. I'm like, it's right there. You know, there's rules. You have to make rules for yourself to be an ethical hunter. Like, I don't shoot anything past 30 yards. It's got to be stopped, and it has to be completely broadside. 
meaning I see the whole side yeah, of the animal. Okay. It's not it's not facing me a little bit. It's not facing away from me. It's completely broadside. Because then you have a patch. Mm-hmm. Not, you know. And you know if you have a through and through, straight through, double lung them, there's no way that deer is going to survive. Double lung them. Double lung them. Yeah. yeah. Dang. So but, do, do, you have, um, do you have any advice for women who are interested in hunting? Don't be scared I, to get into it. Yeah. You know, like if anybody wants to reach out to me, if they want to talk about hunting and stuff, I'm all for that because there's not, there's not a lot of women that will stick up for each other or congregate together or be a group together because of the ego thing Well, can, can, and jealousy and stupid crap like that. Like, you know what? I'd rather see everybody else shoot a deer. That's huge. I don't care. I just want to fill my freezer, you know, like, but what's, what's your Instagram handle for anyone who wants to wild taxidermy? Uh, yeah, wild as in W Y L D E taxidermy taxidermy. So at wild taxidermy, mm-hmm. Claire yeah. Tricky. Okay, yeah. so any 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 uh, anybody who wants to contact you to talk about it, yeah, that's where they can kind of get yeah. get at you. Okay, it's a hard thing to get into, you know, especially like my I did not come from a hunting family, right? Like no none of my family is even like my sister loves venison we talk about cooking venison all the time you know she loves that and her kids love it too you know nothing better than here have a little piece of heart yum 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 they don't know i think it's great but it's it's scary you know thinking about going out and sitting in a tree stand and and going out and doing it by yourself they have to learn about firearms or or bow hunting if, if that's what they choose yeah there's a lot to learn obviously yeah and and they go through the right channels but somebody could contact you and you set them right for sure i mean practice with your bow prove your firearm make sure you know every year like a month or two before i start hunting i practice with my bow very regularly you know i do 20 yards 30 yards i do 35 and 40 even though i don't shoot that far because if i happen to see something i didn't like like a coyote i might take a pop shot at it you know but i would never shoot a deer that far because I care too much about them. Hmm. Sure. That's nice. Yeah. Um, But finding property is the next thing. Like, you can't just go hunting. Right. You know? But, I mean, there's protocols that you have to go through to get to do it properly. Yeah. And anyone that's willing to learn, or if they want to, they will get, they will learn about firearms, they'll learn about bows, they will go get their license, and then they have to get a hunting license, and they have to take the courses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even that, even then, the type of uh, ammunition that you use, I imagine, hundred percent, the rifles that they choose, or shotgun or whatever they use. Yeah, yeah. Like in our area, we're not allowed to hunt deer with anything basically but a bow. There are a couple three weeks that you're allowed to use a controlled firearm, but you're only allowed to use a muzzleloader. Oh, really? Oh, really? Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> Which are totally awesome, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big puff of black smoke, man. That's the best. Fifty yeah, caliber. Yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But uh, yeah, that's a fun. I haven't. I didn't even pick up my muzzleloader last year. I was lucky enough. I shot two deer, and I, I went hunting three times, and I shot two deer. It was the best year I've ever had in my life. <laughs> wow. With, with muzzleloader? No, with a bow. Oh, with a bow. Yeah. And so that's another thing for people to understand about hunting is that it's oh. it's so much fewer in number than it's yeah. than it's than you think. Like people, yeah. I, I assume people probably like me, yeah. uh, think that you can go out hunt today, get something, no. bring it home, eat it all. It's all about patience. <laughs> go out no. tomorrow. So every 10 times you go out hunting, you might see something. 
Right. And every time you see something, out of those 10 times, you might get a shot at it. Well, this right. goes back to my buddy who went up north and can't find a moose in a whole month. Yeah. So what it's hard, fuck? right? I mean, that sitting in a tree stand, like I remember one year, I didn't have an antlerless tag again. And I can't recall why. I think I, I applied, but I didn't get it for some reason. So it was December 16th. It was minus 26 outside. And I was still hunting. 101 hours sitting in a tree stand, I finally shot a deer. Oh, wow. And it was cool. Like, it sucked. <laughs> I've hunted to December 29th before. It was cold. It sucked. But I'm determined to fill my freezer. My Happy bladed six months <laughs> ago birthday. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there's so much more. Like, you have to learn your property. Like, I've been hunting my property since 2014. And I've done a ton of property management, cutting trails, putting up cameras, putting up mineral blocks for the deer, you know, all over the place. Now, will there be deer that don't, that, that you know, they, they go, man, too many of us have been hunted here. Should we move Never on? Never had that problem. Should we move on to somewhere yeah. else? It's just me hunting there, though. I don't hunt with anybody. I hunt by myself. I've yeah. always hunted by myself. Nobody even knows where I am when I'm back there. So hmm. if anything happened, you know. My dog would find me. My dog would track me and find me. You need a caller. Yeah. Yeah, I need a GPS caller. You'll be on those cameras. (laughs) Yeah. On side of Milk Curtain. Where is she? (laughs) She just disappeared one day and we don't know where she went. Yeah. But it's, I love it. I love it. There's nothing better than hunting. That's just awesome. And then filling your tag is just a bonus. You know? Okay, well, Claire, we're coming to uh, sort of an end here. All right. And, you know, we don't have all the time, I guess. But, um. Yeah, right. Two things. Um, Well, first, I wanted to ask you about firearms. Yeah. Just in general. Sure. Uh, What the fuck? Right. That's pretty much my question. (laughs) Um, I don't know. You might have like a better question, Randy, uh, but uh, I just want to know what your opinion is on what the fuck's going on here politically. They're just, they're trying to take away from the honest folk. You know, have I ever done anything illegal with my firearms? No. Do Are they in a safe? Yes. Do they have trigger locks? Yes. Is my ammunition locked up with it? Absolutely not. Have I ever pointed my muzzle in an s- unsafe direction? No. You can actually put your ammunition with your firearm. Yeah. You can lock them up together. As long as they have trigger locks, right? Oh, yes. Absolutely. I can't yeah, remember yeah, all the yeah, rules, yeah, but... Yeah, but you yeah. can actually... Yeah. I can take my handguns in my case, yeah. but I can also... As long as my ammunition is locked up... <clears throat> Like they can't have the ability to take the ammunition and put it in the gun and use it. I think that's the idea, right? Kind of well, like um, a thief, I mean. Easily. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. I mean, it's such a touchy subject, you know, because again, it's just like the hunting thing. Like if you don't, if you're not like guns don't kill people, right. I kill people. That's a great, yeah, correct. Yeah. A gun doesn't decide to wake up in the morning and sprout some legs and just go mass shooting people. Correct. Do I believe that? We need, like, fully automatic rifles obviously are prohibited. Like, they're not legal. We do not need them. Right. I mean, I have semi-automatic rifles I use for hunting. Right. And the reason I have semi-automatic is because there's less recoil and I'm a five foot two woman. And I don't want to shoot a 300 mag and have my shoulder blown off. Right. You know? Totally. Nor can I afford a $5,000 300 mag that doesn't have a ton of recoil. So there needs to be, you know, I, I think that if we're going to the United States, like they don't have the regulations that we do here. Like we have a long gun registry, like we used to have a long gun registry. Right. And I think they've changed that now. So if you, let's say uh, you wanted to buy my 12 gauge shotgun that I have, I think there has to be some sort of 
legality that you have to go through now but like six months ago you could just like hand it over and give me 600 bucks and we're good well they've changed it to the point where you Mm -hmm. if you sold me your rifle Mm -hmm. you have to take my information and it's you're you're obligated to maintain that information um for 20 years so if you go to the canadian tie and you buy a new shotgun Mm -hmm. they will take your information and your license number um, and they must maintain that log for 20 years. The government doesn't get it. It's not a long gun registry, but they have, the store has to maintain that okay. in the event that legally somebody needs to access that. I just don't understand why that matters. I agree. Like I have, I still have the registration papers from guns I purchased years ago that, they're, you they're know, just, it doesn't, does it, someone breaks into my home steals my 700 pound gun safe, have fun, take it, you know, and uses my firearms to kill people. Yeah. They still don't know where those guns came from. Yeah. Right. Like none of the guns are technically registered to me. Anybody could take them and use them. Yeah. Because at the time that you did it, it it wasn't necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can go buy a muzzle loader and kill people with that too. You just have to be really quick at reloading things. Yeah. What does it matter? Yeah. You know, we don't even have problems like that here. Really, do we? I mean, not ones that I've ever heard of. Well, I mean, like the the shooting that just happened with he was 18, right? The young man that did that school shooting. Just recently in the States? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Why did he need a semi-automatic rifle? Right. Agreed. Um, Yeah. You know, and I mean, we, so if I go hunting with my shotgun, there's a plug that goes in the gun, so I'm only able to put three cartridges in there, three right. shells. Right. So I'm limited to five to five if I take that plug out. So, you know, but if I if was ever stopped by a game warden and I didn't have that plug in my gun, I would I would get in a lot of trouble. Big time. Which which good, you know, follow the rules and, and do what you're supposed to. hundred percent. But I really don't think like taking guns away from me and you and you, fine. But Criminals are still going to get them. Of course. Oh, yeah. Prohibiting guns will change nothing except Uh, take it away from the honest folk. Correct. That's what makes people think of conspiracy theories and all these other things because they go, why would they taking our guns away? Yeah. Why would they do that? They know. Other countries don't do that. Are they trying to make it so we can't fight back? Right. What happens when the zombie apocalypse comes and they don't have my guns? (laughs) That's true. It's true. It's true. That's that's the Second Amendment. That the Americans have the right to uh, own and bear arms. Yeah. Uh, for the possible uprising necessary when a tyrannical government takes over. Right. So that's what that was all about. At least that's my understanding of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and other, being, other than being a farrier, um, uh, the rest of your life sort of consists on these uh, gun laws holding up the mm-hmm. way that they are. My whole life is based around that. All the things I love to do, all the things that mean the most to me, like they take hunting away, they take firearms away, they take my my fun and excitement, my Your my life. love, everything. Yeah. What did I do? Not to mention, I'm not our, doing anything wrong. Why yeah. are you punishing me for our mutual what other friend do, Sue, you know? who who's even more her whole life, her whole life, literally. What's she gonna do? Right. Sorry, you can't have a gun. You can't go hunting guess you may may as well just not even have your dogs anymore yeah i mean oh and then it's like well what do i have left now i guess i can go to tim hortons and get coffee yeah but you know there's people out there that don't care about that 
It's really sad. They don't yeah. have, but they don't have anything like that to lose, do they? Well, I, I bet they do. That's right. Maybe. They do in their life. They have something to lose. And if somebody ever tried to take it from them, they would just be just as you know, mm-hmm. angry about it or upset. Take away the internet. Take away social media. And yeah. you can take away hunting Take away your home yeah. and your land and all the other things that these people can take away. We all have Take rights. away everything. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because, it, it, you know, one, ad, one bad apple ruins the bench. But, like, to me, it's just, it's ludicrous. I need my firearms. I don't want to go to the grocery store to buy meat. If you take away my guns, I still have my bow, for, I guess. But for the most integral reasons, too. That's the thing. Yeah. And people are totally missing it, and I hope that there's an education in here that that, you don't want to lose that because you don't want to go to the grocery store for integral reason. I don't want to support making myself sick. Hmm. Making yourself no. sick, uh, uh, hurting animals the way that they shouldn't have been hurt. Um, yeah, like shame on hunters. Go buy blah, blah, your blah. food from the grocery store where no animal was harmed. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and what's what's, what's what fascinating is that everyone listening to this, they absolutely know that what the government is doing is doing nothing for crime. Um, they're taking guns away from law-abiding citizens yeah. who follow the rules. I go to a shoot. I go to a club and I shoot in a range, and and everything's done properly. Um, they all know it, but because they fear what they see in the in the media, the, uh, yeah, uh, they fear guns. They don't have any experience with them. Which the funniest part of it is, is that I know people that are so against guns it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But when they travel to Arizona or Nevada, they go to the gun range and they shoot machine guns. Yeah, and they shoot, yeah, and they it's have so a silly. blast. They actually have a blast this doing it, and then come back and say, "Oh, no handguns." <sighs> Yeah, and I and and I, you know, I got I got a buddy who when he he's not a gun guy, but when he goes to Mexico uh, for work, uh, he's he's guarded by several men with guns. I'm not saying he's against guns, but you know, there's reason yep, for yep, all this. Yep. Uh, yeah. Do you think Justin Trudeau walks down the street without his uh, RCMP? Bodyguards. Yeah. And 100%. I understand that maybe a guy like Trudeau needs that. But I think... Well, yeah, because he's... Someone like you needs it as well. It's called self-defense. Yeah. But... Like, I walk down the street, everybody... Nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows I have firearms. I don't stick them... Sure. You know, I don't carry them around all over the place. It's... I don't tell people what kind of firearms I even own. I don't tell anybody anything. Neither do I. And, you know, maybe if everybody did that and just mind their own business... Minding your own business. That's all it is. Just carry on and mind your own business. Well, speaking of business, yeah, this we, we want you to sign our table. Oh, Let's take this sharpie and sign the table wherever you'd like. Um, mm. Yeah, right, right in front of you. Okay. I'll well, move yeah, a little bit. wherever, wherever you want. And as you can see, in the event <laughs> you want to draw a little picture, you can. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> other people have. We always like this portion of the show because people on Spotify that are listening only have no idea what that sound is. <laughs> but that sound is Claire using a massive Sharpie to sign our table. Yes. There. Yes. Thank you very much. I didn't draw a picture because I can mount an animal, but I can't draw maybe a <laughs> small stick person. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right on. It, though. Claire, oh, Claire, yeah. Yeah, thanks for coming. Oh, thank, thank you, you so guys. much. And thank you for accommodating Adley. Oh, she, no, Adley is great. She she's was, stunning. She's sleeping again. Yeah. 
Yeah, she's okay. a good puppy. She's a chill she girl. She's awesome. Yeah. Right on. Thank you so much, Thank Claire. you, guys. I appreciate it. No problem. Okay, that's it. Hurrah. Cut it, Deanna. <laughs>